When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the devil's playground. This week on the podcast, L.J. Smith, The Forbidden Game, Book 3, The Kill. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA pulp fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And this week on the podcast, again, it's book three of the Forbidden Game trilogy, The Kill. Pew, pew. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Exactly chew. like in the book. Mm-hmm. Exactly what happens. Laser guns. Mm-hmm. You know what doesn't happen in the book? Zach Cousin stuff? None. That's some bullshit. He was completely serious off page. Bullshit. I cannot believe it. What in the it. fuck? Why set all that shit up if you're not going to pay it off? I can't. You know what there was? There was one paragraph of her saying, oh, yeah, she missed him, too. Uh, if it was just him, she probably would still would have come. And there was like a moment where he looks at her like she is a precious thing to be protected. Mm-hmm. Then he starts looking at Summer and it's like implied yeah, that, that something's going to be in love with Summer. But then at the same like five lines later, she's like, well, that's not going to last long. But yeah. it was nice to see him looking or something yeah, like, like that. It was nice to see him finally notice girls. Why <sighs> do all that? Set up oh my for nothing. God. I can't believe this. For nothing. I Time to write some fanfic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bet we can find some. Yeah. If we find some, we'll bring it to the next podcast. Yeah. AO3, Zach slash Jenny. Mm-hmm. Sort by kudos. <laughs> sort by kudos? It's where you get the like best rated oh, ones okay. on the top. Listen, I have I have my fun on reading fanfic. When I said those words back to you, I was convinced that I'd heard wrong and what I was going to say back to you was utter nonsense. But then you confirmed it. Sort by kudos. W- sort by kudos. Sort by sort kudos. Sort by kudos. Sort by kudos. Um, I do know there is a book for. What? And I think we've discounted it because it's oh, in it's the later. 2010s. So is this just a for fun read? Maybe. Ugh. It says a possible fourth book, currently known by the title Rematch, has yet to be released, but who knows how old. The On the Wikia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where I... What? Are you reading this? Huh? What it's about? Is this no. real? Is this fake? What is this? <laughs> is this, is this just like fanfic? The Forbidden Game. Mm. Ring contest. Ooh, a ring contest. Ooh. Here's your chance to win a solid gold posy ring, just like the one Julian gave Jenny. Quote from L.J. Smith from 2013, I have to admit that Julian of the upcoming Forbidden Game rematch burns with an even brighter blue light than in the original oh game my trilogy. Oh, I can't believe it. She's still alive, right? Why isn't she finishing book series? Yeah. Because somebody else said she hasn't finished... Um, Night, Night World. Night World. And I was reading that she... Um, what is she, George Martin? I was just going to say that. Mm-hmm. Also, she um, apparently for the Vampire Diaries series, mm-hmm. um, 
was like taking the wasn't focusing on the characters that the publisher wanted her to focus on. And they fired her and put in a ghostwriter for the final books. Wow. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. And I kind of, guess what? I feel like I kind of trust her more than I trust HarperCollins. I'm going to say yeah, mm-hmm. except when it comes to Zach. Except when it comes... Except God. when it comes to not paying off some hot incest promises. Ugh. What in the world? The frenzy with which I was flipping those pages looking for Zach. Really? It was manic. By the time they were all going there together and they found him, I was like, nothing's happening. Yeah. Nothing's happening. There wasn't enough present. There wasn't enough, like, page space left. You can't have secret cousin love with everybody standing there. Yeah. So disappointing. (laughs) At the same time, I loved this book. I did love this book. I really liked it. I really loved it. It was good. I think I loved the second one more. I think I did too. Just mostly just because of the Julian stuff was sexier in book two. They had more interact. Well, well, there was a lot of interaction here, but it was like it all felt very over. Yeah, it was like like seeing a broken up couple where one wants to get back together and the other one doesn't. It's like I still I love you. I'm just not in love with you anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things too where like looking back. On the relationship as we see it in this book, I like it more than how I was experiencing it. Mm -hmm. I just felt like in book two, it was like white hot fire, fire, fire. In this book, it was more, it was like a different kind of ache. Yeah, it was like a a sweet ache that like is like in the top of your tummy, but bottom of your rib cage. Mm. There. (laughs) Um, Okay, I know that as a young girl reader. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be projecting myself into Jenny. Mm-hmm. But there were so many similarities between Jenny and me. I was like, am I Jenny? Is Jenny me? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, no, no, she's not. And you're not. Uh, it's a book. Kelly. I want to be Jenny. Oh, Kelly, it's a book. <laughs> Please explain that statement. <laughs> oh, well, there were just like a couple times where like <laughs> she would explain. Oh, I think she's just a good writer. What a payoff. <laughs> well, because there were certain things like when she says, um, when she goes to the grandpa's house and she's like seeing it and also remembering it. Mm-hmm. And she says, um, it was a strange sort of remembering, though. The house seemed smaller and not exactly the way she'd pictured it, old and new at the same time. Um, and I think that's like just generally everybody has had that yeah, feeling before. that's pretty universal. It's a universal <laughs> feeling. We are all Jenny. And then this too, where she's like, um, she's at Joy, Joy, is that what the place is called? Joy? Joyland. Joyland. He wanted to say Joy-Con because Jeremy. it's a fucking switch. Uh, Jebediah. Um, Jebediah Park. Uh, um, but as time passed, she felt less anxious. She couldn't help it. The park was irresistible. She breathed in the smell of popcorn and ride grease and something else. Something that was like a smell but wasn't. A cotton candy feeling of excitement. I think that's also everybody has. That's good. Of yeah, that's what it's like going to Disneyland. And I, yes. I do really like the. And I did think this when I read that passage, but the the popcorn and ride grease is such a specific. Mm-hmm. That's such a good specific, and I knew exactly what that smelled like mm-hmm. when I was reading it. Yes, you know that smell. Um, and then this other part. <laughs> I think she's she's just a good writer. Um, <laughs> so when she is like full of uh, adrenaline with the like excitement of um, saving Tom, mm-hmm. and also in crisis mode, so she just is like like her 
focuses at like a needlepoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, uh, Jenny didn't care. She was still operating in crisis mode in which all normal rules were suspended. She and the others had stepped out of the mainstream into a place where anything could happen and the only rules were their own. It was scary and tremendously liberating. Jenny felt as if she were flying toward Tom on wings of fire, which I thought was a, such a cool way to yeah. describe that. I liked that. This was a really good book. I really liked it. I, I even, I, yeah, it's funny because I was more excited about book two, mm-hmm. but I think that's just because it was like, well, we still had a ways to go and there was still like our whole lives are in front of us. Mm-hmm. Kind of a feeling. We were so young and carefree. And then, yeah. And then there was like more danger from Julian and yeah, more of an, a feeling like there might be something between them. Mm-hmm. And then just, of course, like the promise of weird Zach stuff. Mm-hmm. So like it was a different time. Yeah. And I was younger. Yeah. And I was just, like, more excited about things. And this, it's like, okay, well. This we read it when we were older. Yeah. And it's, like, things are still good, but you're not getting that that underlying smell, that cotton candy right. smell, but not. This is like going to an amusement park as an adult. Yeah. Instead of a teenager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we already know there's something between Julian and, um, uh, Jenny? and Jenny. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Ugh. Wow, that was a good one. Jenny. That was the best yet. <laughs> the best yet. <laughs> Our main character. Um, and so it's kind of like, all right, well, where are we going to go with this? We already had like an intensely heated slow dance at a magical prom. It was just, yeah, it was a different, because she has to wrestle with the fact that she says Jenny has been, like she's been purged of Julian's hold on her after mm-hmm. going through the fire. And she's she's different now. So it's like they do still have to have a connection, but she can't just renege on mm-hmm. that established thing. Yeah. I think what I liked was that Jenny, I, this is definitely totally a, like coming of age, like coming to terms with your sexuality story. And she's at this point in, in this book is wielding her, is able to wield her sexuality rather than just like be affected by it. Because she definitely, like, there are points where she surprises Julian. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, confused and shocked and, like, turned on. <laughs> that was such a weird... I didn't... I couldn't quite wrap my head around that kiss. I didn't understand what that kiss was. Clinical but fierce. I guess so. It's like she was just, like, planting her lips on his lips. Like, if it's not tender or romantic or, like, passionate, really you're just, like, putting a part of your body on somebody else's body. Yeah, you're just like, mm. So mm-hmm. I didn't, but but then it was implied that she wasn't just like holding her lips closed on his lips. No. That there was actual kissing. I just don't really, I'm not sure what she meant by that. Yeah. It was a little hard for me to picture it. And I actually remember like flipping back and being like, wait, what is this? Yeah. What is it like? Because <laughs> at first I was like, oh, okay. Because she didn't say it was clinical at first. So I was like, oh, she's like fiercely kissing him. And then it was like, it was cold and clinical. And I was like, wait, huh? Yeah. Do you think she's like, okay, do you think she realizes her stupid fucking riddle from the first one? And was like, it could be hot or cold. I have to show them what a cold <laughs> kiss is like. <laughs> she's like, just wait till book three. <laughs> it can be yielded with pleasure when taken by force. There you go. She force kissed him. I'm guessing no. I'm yeah. guessing that she was not <laughs> thinking that. I also liked that like on the plane. So they're all on a plane to go to Grandpa's house. 
Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. I did like that she was like, I am so over him. I'm over Julian. I can totally think about him, whatever. I, I don't have think to about not his think about beautiful him. face and his beautiful body. Like it's not a big deal. You know what? Just to test myself, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do that. Mm, Julian's eyes, Julian's hair. Mm, yeah, he's attractive, but <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna so why why tempt the fates? <laughs> and she's like, you know what? Uh, maybe maybe it's a it's a little tricky. I threw a Kelly laugh in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried that. This book was going to suck. Me too. Because the way it started was like it was not nearly as good as the second book. Like, I, it's cool that they're like on an airplane and everything. But that's some... The exposition was horrible. That's what it was. Oh, God. Is the, the way she laid out the giant letter, she was like imagining she'd have to leave for her parents to explain what was going on. But what was she supposed to say? <laughs> the and whole entire story. All of books far? one and two. It's, it's so, so clunky. It is so clunky. Yeah. I and do it's like so, her. so like flip. It doesn't seem like Jenny's voice at all. No. And then within the imagined letter. So I'm just going to read a little part of it. I won't go through the whole thing. So Jenny left her parents a note. They each stole $600 from their family to get on this plane and go to try to find an opening into the shadow world to save Tom and Zach. And Jenny says she left her parents a note and it says i'm going somewhere and i hope i'll come back i love you this is something i have to do i'm sorry i owe you six hundred dollars <laughs> and then it says not very informative but what was she, she supposed to say dear mom and dad a terrible thing happened at tom's birthday party last month also they know that because you tried to tell them yeah you've already told them you're crazy and you've already told yeah. them that summer's missing because of it so she goes on with that explanation and we had to face our worst nightmares and win, or he would have kept us with him in the shadow world forever. And we'd all made it out, except Summer. And here's where I was like, did somebody else write this book? Mm -hmm. We all made it out, except Summer. Poor Summer. You know, she never was the brightest. Yeah, what? this doesn't seem like Jenny. All of a sudden, Jenny. she's bagging on Summer for being an idiot? Yeah. That was never stated in the other books. It was never said that she was dumb. She was just, like, weak. Yeah. But they never thought of her as weak either. She was just, like, delicate and couldn't mm -hmm. quite take care of herself. Yeah. Nobody was ever like, well, you know, Summer's an idiot, and that's why she died. So do you think it's— What? <laughs> do you think she's, like—okay, this is how I'm going to fan correct it. That she's, like, cynical at this point, and so we're seeing this, like, snide part of her that we I haven't would, seen? Except that's the whole point of Jenny is that she doesn't get cynical. She's not cynical. Yeah. She's just determined. And that's so why she's where so did sweet. That come from all of a sudden being like, well, summer wasn't the brightest bulb in the chandelier or like whatever. The chandelier. The chandelier. Chandelier. <laughs> and so then she just like goes on and on explaining books one and two in this like quote unquote real letter she would have written to her parents. And it even says like, say that? God, no, Jenny thought. The first part her parents had already heard and didn't believe. The second part would just let them know where Jenny was going. It's just like the clunkiest exposition. That's the thing, too. We didn't get that in book two. Yeah, there wasn't. It was more artfully done. I'm wondering if the more time had maybe passed between the publishing of book two and three versus book one and two. I think the maybe copyright a, for each book is all 94. So then why? But maybe. Maybe that's still the case. Ugh. And she just got I, the copyright all at once. Yeah, when I was reading... Throughout the part where they're on the plane, I was like, ugh. 
not yeah, interested. It felt like it wasn't at all like the second book. Mm-hmm. Second book had a really good opening. Yeah. yeah, I marked that page too. She was like, "Think of anything but him." She ordered herself, leaning her head against the cool, vibrating wall of the plane. Oh, who cares? You can think of him if you want to. He's lost his power over you. The part of you that rushed up to meet his darkness is gone. This time you can beat beat him because you don't feel anything for him. To prove it, she let images drift through her mind, Julian laughing at her, his face beautiful in the most exotic, uncanny way imaginable. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. As long as she was proving a point, she could remember other things, too. His body, slim but powerfully built, hard-muscled when he held her close. Da, 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 da. Jenny's lips parted her tongue against her teeth. Maybe this wasn't such a good idea after all. Julian had no power over her, but it was stupid to tap fate by thinking about him. She would think of Tom instead. And then the But it's also clunky exposition to explain what like Julian her relationship, and Tom are like. Yeah, with yeah. them. But it was kind of funny going from, like, I know it's supposed to be sweet. Like, we're supposed to see, like, the kind of love that she has with Tom, which is different than the kind of mm-hmm. love she has with Julian. But it is really funny going from, like, her talking about the hard planes of his body and, oh, like, all yeah. that. And then she's his- like... Of little beauty. Tommy kissing her behind the ficus bushes in second grade, which is like, oh my god, <laughs> mm, lame. <laughs> he was only human, not some eerily beautiful prince of shadows. <laughs> <laughs> He's real and human, and her equal. And he needed her, especially now. She says he's human twice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was only human. He was real and human. Yep. She's you know, struggling. She's he was, struggling. He was just like super. Like if I had to use one word to describe Tom, human, mm-hmm. I'd say he's definitely human. If nothing else, human. And that's what I like about him is that he's so. It's good. Human. Mm-hmm. Like me. Like, human. I like mean, me. He's not some like gorgeous creature of the underworld here he's to not- tempt me with all of sex and space and time. He's just like. He's like. Um, he's like a human boy made of flesh. He's not like um, some mystical being that was spawned in perfect, perfect perfection. Mm-hmm. He's more of like, um, like a, uh, mm, I mean, I guess you could say a human. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get I what I'm saying? I do get it. So he's not, he's not like an elf king forged in the fires of ice mm. who fell in love with me from the great beyond and will do anything to protect me and makes me feel something I've never felt before. It's more that. Like Tom is human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's like having this creepy dream, and it's like there's a there's this little man with a mask covering his entire face, and he keeps asking her. And this is such a true to a dream like feeling where she's in an elevator, and there's this guy, and he's saying, "Will you go with us? Can we take you?" Jenny realized he'd been asking the same question for quite some time. Where you, like, are in the middle of it. And I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And she just keeps, like, trying to get information out of him. And all he keeps saying is, can we carry you? Will you come with us? And she leaves the elevator to enter another elevator. She's trapped. Ugh. Ugh. Over and over. And then she wakes up. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I got really upset at Michael's dream because it was, like, Summer's head on a platter. And yeah. I was like, Ugh. Summer's fucking alive. I Summer's was alive. I was pretty bummed that Summer was alive. I felt in the end I made my peace with it because it was like, well, 
Julian couldn't be redeemed if it turned out he had killed Summer. Yeah. Like, nobody would have fought to save him from the other shadow men. Yeah. If it hadn't been for the fact that, like, it turned out he didn't kill any of them and probably was never going to. Yeah. And I liked also that, like, he lies to her about it. Like, he tells her, like, when... Like, when no, he, I'm bad. Yeah. Get away from me. I'm a bad boy. Yeah, I'm a I'm a bad little I'm a boy. Rebel. <laughs> I'm going to bend over for my speech. No, stop it. As soon as you started talking, I was like, oh, no, I, I don't like where I this is going. You're like, I don't like no. this. I don't like this. No. no. Um, because he's like, oh, uh, when she's like, did you kill um, uh, Slug and PC? And he's like, yeah. And she's yeah, like, mm. totally did that. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you do it? And he's like, okay, no. <laughs> but... I could. I would at a moment's notice. Yeah. I'm ter- I'm evil, Jenny. I'm, I'm so evil. evil. Just go. I'm you, evil. I don't deserve love. I'm evil. <laughs> and she's like, but I can save you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point of her. It is. But we skipped a little ahead. Yeah. Yeah, we did. <laughs> oh, so when they're at Joyland, just touch on this briefly, when they come across Leo the trash lion. Yeah. I was like... Oh, that thing's creepy as shit. Why does yes. that fucking trash can keep begging for trash? It was so creepy. It was really creepy. That would have turned sexual in a Stephen King book. Yeah. Like, yeah. He would have wanted a dick in there. Yeah. Yeah. Then he would have bit it off or something. Yeah, or something. Yeah. It was really creepy. And I, I, I love that scene, too, where Jenny's, like, so creeped out by it that she just, like, puts her hand over the cylinder to mm-hmm. stop the little kid from reaching in. And, like, realizes, like, sorry, that was, like, a really weird thing for me to do to, like, cut off this child. And everyone's like, are you okay? Except at the same time, if you were one of these friends, wouldn't you be like, any weird behavior is justified? Yeah. Well, I'd probably just be like, oh, something with Julian. Yeah. I don't get it. It's not. We're all suffering. suffering. Yeah. but yeah, so they get to the house and like they kill time at Joyland, which are when they were at Joyland, I was like, ooh, yeah, I know that they're gonna get back to Joyland because of that cover. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked when Jenny was trying to get the keys and the security code out of the housekeeper mm-hmm. that she was like, <laughs> they have one of those washers, even with a ringer. Can, Can you, you believe, believe they it? used to ring clothes like that? And, and she's like. God, I am so fucking fake right now. I can't believe I'm putting on this, like, saccharine, like, cutesy tone. I'm like a con woman right now. And and the housekeeper is like, you don't have to tell me. I used one of those. And Jenny's like, that's what's so hilarious about it. (laughs) Can I have the code, please? And she's like, was she wrinkling? She's like, was was I wrinkling my nose? Like, she's like, can you believe it? I'm She's, like, really disgusted with herself. She's like, ugh, gross, Jenny. Yeah. But I got shit to do. Mm. She gets it, though. Mm-hmm. Gets those keys. I like the code. I like drawing all the, the runes. Yes. I marked the page here to say what each one is. Good. So I'm going to say these obviously horribly wrong. Okay. What page are you on? 544 in your omnibuses, <laughs> kids. Well, the first one is the, what would you say, Dagaz? Dagas? 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 Dawn. Yeah. So it operates like twilight and dawn. It's when things are just changing between light and darkness. And Jenny thinks like, oh, that's like Julian. 
<laughs> one foot in either world. The next one is the three eyes. Three eyes. Three eyes. The thorn. Three goes to the blah, blah, blah. There are a lot of fairy tales about thorns, Audrey said grimly. You get picked with pricked with a thorn or a spindle or a needle and then you die or go blind or you sleep forever and here's what i hadn't thought about until i was looking at it just now jenny's name is jenny thornton and tom calls her thorny Thorny. but that doesn't really sound like her something to think about Um, well she did she made an eternal being like fixate on her pricked a finger on her ish and then he died yeah. Uh, yeah. Something to think about. Uh, the next one's G- Gabbo. All I could think was Gabbo from The Simpsons. <laughs> um, it stands for a lot of things. A gift, sacrifice, death. It's shaped like an X. And then Jenny's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't like that sacrifice one. Yeah. She's like, something bad's going to happen. Not right now, but later. I have a premonition. Uh, next is Isa. It's a rune for the power of primal ice. Isa means ice. Kanaz, the torch. You're doing great, by the fire. way. <laughs> These Thank pr- you. Pronunciations. Thank you. Because you know how they're pronounced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is my native Good. language. Ancient. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> ancient, like, Nordic. Raidho. Mm. Raidho for movement, traveling, like riding a horse, protection, walking between the world. Ruse, the ox. That's the one that lets you uh, pierce the veil between the worlds. I love that he's trying to explain what it looks like. And she's like, I know, Michael. She's like, I remember that one. Thank <laughs> you. And that's all. Those are all the rooms. And they have to put their blood in it to open it. And I loved also, like, Michael's trepidation with the idea of, like, using blood to open these runes. And just how I like that we're seeing much more of the of how each of these characters are overcoming their issues because he is a little he is a coward and i love that this is kind of coming full circle for him because in the second book he is totally like talking about all these books he's read like applying all these theories that he's learned about but doesn't actively really do anything um and in this book he's definitely i mean he's brave in that he's facing everything Mm -hmm. but he doesn't he's not as active right the other characters but he gets to redeem himself when at the end they have to draw the runes and he does one like and he does it in blood he, he, without yeah. even being told to. Yeah. So I loved that. And without a thought for his own totally pain. Yeah. I loved that. Again, these are some good ass friends. They're good friends. They're like, no question. We are in this till the end. We got to get Tom and Zach back. Yeah. It's not one I of just, them is I like, you know what? He took them. Yeah. yeah. I like them. Um, So they like do the runes and then they. First, they have to carve the runes. Then they have to blood the runes. Then they have to blood those runes. (laughs) (laughs) So then all the runes spin around in a freaky circle. (laughs) Yeah. It's really like the lights are like flashing. Um, I like how it it was like, even though with all they'd seen, like that freaked them out. (laughs) Yeah. I know. (laughs) The fact that their runes were flashing and spinning, they were like, ugh. I know. (laughs) <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> yeah, they saw their friend get like eaten by a yeah. pile of trash and they were like, whoa, this door is crazy. It's right here. It says, in the last month, Jenny had seen plenty of bizarre things happen. Julian specialized in the bizarre, but this was different. <laughs> Maybe because the setting was so ordinary, 
a normal house, a normal door, or maybe because they'd done it themselves. And this wasn't just chills up the spine bizarre. This was running and screaming bizarre on Beyond Zebra Bazaar. Don't know what that is. Me neither. No idea. Hadn't thought um, about it when the, I was reading it. The lady but... doth protest too much. I think it's very... <laughs> or protests just enough because she's freaked. <laughs> she's freaked. Um, yeah, I think this is correct protesting. <laughs> but it's uh, interesting. Yeah, it says, within the flashes of the circle of runes began to glow like a wheel of fire. Then it started spinning. And they're like, ah, I don't enjoy this. No, everyone. <laughs> She's like, the light's needles uh, yeah. in my eyeballs. <laughs> a dull roaring began. It seemed to come from the earth itself, vibrating the floor against Jenny's feet. Oh, God, we did this to ourselves. I know. When they said we did this to ourselves, I'm like, this is the least, like, freaky thing you guys have seen. But I do understand that because it's the first time they're going into it as opposed to having things forced on mm -hmm. them. And they're like, let's just do it. Like, no questions asked. Mm -hmm. This is what we're doing. And then all of a sudden, a crazy door between worlds starts spinning at them. And they're mm -hmm. like, ah. Yeah, I think they are like, um, mm. whatever happens, we do this to ourselves kind of thing. <laughs> but they go through and they're in the amusement park at night and it's largely deserted. It's the old Joyland, the one that Jenny remembers mm -hmm. with the old timey arcade. Yeah. It is creepier. It's way creepier it is than some. So creepy. Some freaking video game arcade. It reminds me a lot of. Um, and I think they're tearing it down. But if you go to the Redondo Beach Pier, they have the um, like arcade area and it has those things that they have, which is like these little marionette scenes encased in glass. And you put in like quarters and they'll like do a little dance play. Ooh. It's very, very, very creepy. And it has a tilt-a-whirl. Like it has, it's very like old. Mm -hmm. um, but they are tearing it down. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's I think it's. I going to be gone soon. I love a tilt a whirl. They're great. They're so it's fun. I love it. Well, RIP. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they're still at like carnivals and stuff. Oh, sure. I just mean yeah. the Redondo Beach one. Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Well, I never went there, so fuck it. <laughs> so you know what? They I don't go care about things themselves. I don't use. <laughs> um, I don't care pe people, things. If I didn't use it, don't give a fuck. How scary is that thing in the fishing pond? Fucking scary. So, oh, I called it before it got to the part. I knew it was either PC you or did? slug. You mm -hmm. did? As soon as it didn't, it didn't have a head, it you knew? like a body without a head. I was like, oh, they're here. They're here and they're tor They're going to torment them. Oh, my God. I'm not sure. I'm good at guessing. <laughs> good at guessing things in TV and movie and books. I mean, I'm usually good at pretty story good at structure and guessing, too. Yeah. Um, which is why I, re I really don't like reading whodunits because like I can watch whodunits okay just because like there's all I'll do is think about exactly. it exactly and I usually call it and then I get mad mm -hmm. if it turns out to be that because I'm like oh, if it's the fucking this then I'm going to be pissed and then yep. it is whereas like with TV there's just a chance that my eyes didn't see and it's just happening yeah. faster with a, book, with a book if you see a sentence that's meant to be like either a red herring or a clue you see it and they're pretty easy to tell apart, too. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how I knew. Well, it was like a it decomposing body. That's what I was going to say. It was because it was a corpse. As yeah. soon as I realized it was a corpse and that it didn't have a head, I don't know. I just knew. 
Maybe partly because Michael said he saw Summer's head on a platter, and so it was already maybe set up in my mind that people who died in the games still existed in the games. Oh, God. Sorry, I just looked up adipocere, which is what is constituting his gelatinous-like skin, because that's what Michael says, which is true. So it's also known as mortuary wax or corpse wax. Hmm. And basically, it's that the fatty tissue, like... So it's like their fats got kind of, like, filled with moisture. So basically, the fats transform into this in an environment that has high levels of moisture and an absence of oxygen, such as wet ground or mud at the bottom of a lake or a sealed casket. It can occur in both embalmed and untreated bodies. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, it, it begins within a month of death, and in the absence of air, it can persist for centuries! Centuries. Kelly's going to throw up on her phone or just have a nervous breakdown. I can't tell which. (laughs) Kelly's really not enjoying what she's reading, you guys. So it's more often in women, infants, and overweight persons because they have a higher percentage of body fat. And uh, in forensic science, they use it, the formation of it, to estimate the postmortem interval. Um, But that practice is limited because it's temperature dependent. So it's accelerated by warmth, but temperature extremes impede it. So basically, this body in this like little carnival fishing game is coated in that. So of course, first of all, there's a little fishing rod, and Dee just walks up to me and she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna do it." And everyone's what like, the "Don't fuck is do Dee's it." Problem this whole book. Well, I mean, I know they get to it, but yeah, it wasn't. It should have been more pronounced. I feel like. I feel like there. So that Julian tearing her down towards the end would have. I don't know, because that was the kind of the only moment we saw her waver. The rest of the book, she was just kind of snippy well, and, and reckless. Well, they were saying that, like, she was different and withdrawn and was acting weird. Like, she was being snippy with uh, Audrey. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think I would have, because I it got— just, I, I just mean it wasn't enough. Right. Because we it, weren't really getting into Dee's psyche. And also, it was mostly— like, D would be acting however she was acting, right? But then it, to me, was mostly pointed out to me that, like, she was acting extra weird or whatever by Jenny saying, like, oh, D was acting weird, rather than, like, D actually acting that weird. Yeah, good point. Because, like, for me, when when D would do stuff, I was like, uh, I guess she's being used to be there. I have no idea. Or, like, she's just being teasy, you know? She's, like, kind of being teasing there. But, yeah, it was mostly Jenny being yeah, like, you weren't she's actually acting see. really weird. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I that's guess. a really good point. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just say, you can't just say somebody's acting weird without, but she's doing the exact same things she would have done in the other books. And so, like, because my ears were pricked because of what Jenny was saying, like, I understood what was going to happen and what we were supposed to be seeing, which is that, like, the thing that we were asking for, basically, was that, mm-hmm. like, D to be, uh, like, to be unsure for a second, to be scared and to be um, weaker. And yet it didn't feel like it didn't that happen. is what we got. No, it was more just it was Jenny just like telling us it was happening. Yeah, it was, it was just sort of like a low hum of snippiness. Mm-hmm. Or like her being quiet at times or her being yeah. snippy. And then a moment where Julian makes her cry. Mm-hmm. A moment. I would have liked to see her break without Julian pushing her. Like I would have more. Yeah. Yeah. 
(laughs) So D is like, I'm going to fish in this, like, first of all, everything's dark except for that little carnival fishing game. Yeah, if I saw that. I'd be like, let's get the fuck away from here. And even Michael was like, I don't like being, like, led in a place like this to a thing. That was D. Oh, D. D D said that? that? Yeah. And why is she fucking doing that? Because she wants... Because I think she's... She's like, well, we're here. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's fucking do this. Oh, God. So I she think starts it's her, right? I think it's her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, oh, D doesn't like being the hunted. She likes being the hunter or something. It's called the fish pond. Michael is the one who gets the closest at calling D out on her bullshit when he says, yeah. you're not the only one here. I liked that he said that because I totally agreed yeah. with him. Yeah, and Jenny just thinks it because she's yeah. like... Jenny should be calling her on this. Like, he says, you're enjoying yourself, aren't you, Michael said, and there was something flatly resentful about his voice. But there's other people here, you know. Whatever trouble you make affects us, too. Like, yeah, Michael. Yeah, and Jenny even says that, like, the only person that Dee listens to is Jenny. And so all it would take is for Jenny to be like, hey, don't. But she just doesn't. I think she kind of does, but it's clearly not enough. Yeah, she's just like, um... Jenny yeah. hesitated. Yeah. And she knows she shouldn't have. Yeah. Jenny chewed her lip. Sometimes Dee's recklessness was out of bounds and nobody but Jenny could stop her. Mm-hmm. If Jenny didn't say anything, Dee would do it. Jenny hesitated. Bad, bad, bad. There it is. There it is. But, but she blames herself for everything because she also blames herself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because when Audrey sticks her arm in the Leo the lion mouth mm-hmm. in this twisted version of Joyland, she tells her not to do it. But Audrey does it anyway. And Jenny's like, well, that's my fault. I should have been more, like, I should have been stronger. In and my she was like, I, I didn't I say like, it with enough conviction or yeah, something like that. Like, well, that's not your fault, Jenny. <laughs> why is Dee egging her on? And then also, why is Audrey listening to them? Like, there were a few moments. It's nothing so bad that, like, made me not enjoy it. But there were a few moments where I was like, uh, yeah, guys, you're in an evil amusement mm-hmm. park. I do think everything's a trap. Yeah. No, like when they were like, uh, let's go into the mine place to go get weapons. I was like, y'all are going to go in a fucking mine? Are you fucking kidding me? No way. You know that thing is going to be a cave-in. Ugh. But I just wanted to, before we move on from the fish pond, just talk a little bit about the description. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, It's real gross. I like that at the beginning of this book, Jenny's like, I'm not brave. I don't know how to fight. And by the end of it, she's like, I forgot I had the knife in my back pocket, but I'm really glad I do. Yep. I'm going to use it. Yeah. I really liked that. So this thing is basically it's pulling D under the water and it's like pushing her head under the water. So she's like, I got to do something. I'm not brave. I don't know how to fight. But she was grabbing at the thing's arm with both hands. To her horror, her fingernails sank in, Ugh. penetrating the arm beneath the tatter that was of the a sleeve. the part to me. Yes. It smelled. It smelled incredibly. Something terrible had happened to the flesh, turning it into a kind of white, waxy stuff that quivered loosely on its bones. That was so sick! Ew! Yeah, it was just the fact that it was a corpse. When it was a corpse, I knew it was one of the two. Ugh. (laughs) Jenny didn't want to touch the headless thing with her bare hands I was about to start reading that paragraph. (laughs) Do you want to read the rest of it? Uh, Sure, I'll just read part. Um... Nothing about its body was nice to look at. What flesh could be seen through the rags of clothes was grotesque. 
exploded and swollen until it looked like a QB doll that had been boiled and then inflated with a bicycle pump. Ooh. Gross. I had to look up what a QB doll was. I knew, and a friend of mine is writing a script, and we keep having read-throughs mm-hmm. and giving her notes, and she put Cupid's all in there, mm-hmm. and the friend that, that she's had reading stage directions keeps having to say it, and he cannot for the life of him remember how to say Cupid. He keeps saying cutie pie, cutie pie, <laughs> and he also, instead of majesty, says majesty. Really? Yeah. How cute. He's the cutest. Man. Yeah, real gross. And I liked that, like, finally they're able to, like, wrench D out of his arms where she, like, jumps over and goes from the other side of the, like, where, like, the carnival barker goes and, like, is, like, pulling him back while the friends are pulling D. Jenny grabbed the thing from behind, arms closing around its waist just, just above the water level. Their waist squashed like an overripe peach. She could Ugh. feel things shifting inside the dripping clothes. His, her cheek was pressed up against the back of its wet shirt. She locked one of her hands around the opposite wrist and pulled harder. Oh, God, the smell. She oh, opened part. her mouth to scream again at Michael and gagged instead. That is oh, disgusting. Oh, oh. <sighs> yeah, so then they get D-free. Yeah. Again and again, I was surprised when people didn't die. Yeah, me too. Um... But so at this point, this is where Jenny starts losing her shit because she's like, holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck. Like, oh, yeah, (laughs) everything is my fault. And we're here and we almost lost you. And there is this gross thing. And I rubbed it in my mouth and I almost barfed all over the place. (laughs) And I married an underworld guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, Oh, no. Everything's terrible. (laughs) And then he slaps her in the face. (laughs) She's like, oh, yeah, right, right, (laughs) right, 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 right. Uh Oh, my God. Right, right, right. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Uh, Oh, yeah. It's because she realizes it was slug. Yeah. That's when she freaks out. It's because, like, they won't just die. They will be kept and used as puppets. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, I really laughed really hard at the thought of her, like, they're in this fucking haunted, like, carnival, like, amusement park. And she's like, I just have to go to the bathroom and wash wash up and yeah. she washes her jeans and shirt and tries to dry them underneath the hand dryer mm-hmm. good good bit of practical it's business something i would definitely do oh this is weird so they start seeing little creatures scurrying mm-hmm. around and they see the first one they see this sentence i was like oh i'm surprised she used this sentence something was scampering across a path on the other side of the shrubbery the flashlights picked out a slate-colored figure. It was moving too fast for Jenny to get a good look at it, but her impression was of something very small and impossibly deformed. Something like a withered gray fetus. Ooh, Ooh fetus. Fetus. A fetus. A fetus. That is creepy. There was a lot. Like, this book is way creepier than it's, the other books. Yeah, it's legitimately creepy. Whereas, like, the action... First one is formulaic. But then the action in the second one is legitimate. It's, like, scary. And then this one, the creeps are legit creepy. Off the wall Very creepy. creepy. Mm. Which, I mean, which I love, but also. But also creepy. So creepy. Yeah, I don't know why they go down this fucking mine ride. Why do they do what this? They what are they thinking? That is so stupid. You dumb dumb. What dumbs. are they doing? <laughs> 
let's go down this ride that is already telling us what's going to happen when we go in yeah. it. <laughs> and like, like, really? You need some pickaxes? Yeah, that you bad. really think, you really think a pickaxe. Just start taking apart one of the rides and use I was just going to as... say that. Like, pull apart a fence. <laughs> exactly. Like, do, like, honestly, the the amusement park is your oyster. You do not yeah. need to go Don't into this. Don't go inside the rides. And, and crazy. The ride is already creepy before it's Julian's version. They had all said already, like, amusement parks are just inherently creepy. Yeah. They've all had bad dreams about them. It must be some kind of archetype. Archetype? Archetype? Archetype. Archetype. Architecture? Archetype. Architecture. Hello. <laughs> Is that, Hello. are you are you in the are you in the are you in the mine I'm ride? In the mine. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I'm the man with Hi. ants crawling Hi. on my face. Hi ho. Hi ho. Hi ho. Hi ho. Hi ho. Hi ho. Yeah, we're a little sleepy. <gasps> we are so sleepy. Psh. I need D to slap me in the face. D to slap me. So they go down, and then there's just a freaking avalanche out of nowhere. Yeah. And they are somehow surprised when the paths diverge and they're seeing things that weren't on the ride. I don't get like, why they didn't Audrey go. Audrey keeps making D explain that. She's like, well, maybe you just didn't notice it. And D's like, I would have noticed. Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't know. Maybe you didn't. I Bitch, I'd have noticed. Yeah. There's a different part of the ride happening now that wasn't here before. The walls are like no longer fiberglass, but rock. Yeah, you're saying like actual stone. Of and course. like, what were you thinking? So all that happens, blah, blah, blah. They get blah, separated. Blah, blah, the thing that I want to talk about is Julian's opening line in this one. Yeah. yeah. So we'll just set the scene. <laughs> At the scene, she's stuck in an avalanche. Oh, no. she fell, fell, it's fell. So dark. She fell, it's fell, so fell. Dark. She bonked her whole body dark, all dark, over dark, the place. Dark, dark, dark. The panic was now a riot. She was utterly terrified that she would hear a noise, a noise of something approaching in the blackness. But I fell in the, alone. This is a small place. I can feel it. I'm alone. Nothing's here with me. Nothing can get in. Nothing. Rock scraped lightly on rock. Jenny twisted to face it, still kneeling. The faint sound was lost now because her heart was going like a trip hammer. And her ears were ringing with sheer terror. Oh, God. Ragnarok, said a musical voice. Means both a rain of dust and the end of the world. To the people who discovered the runes, I mean. Don't you think that's interesting? He is oh, so hot. He's got the best opening line. He is so hot. And so they kind of, you know, verbal spar. I <laughs> like that she says. He's a beautiful shock, like a completely unexpected riff in a dull jazz piece. <laughs> you know also, those thoughts that teen girls have mm -hmm. i also like um when she's talking about the torch that he's holding and how it like casts this red light on him and she's like it cast an unholy glow all around him which was entirely appropriate because julian was as seductive as mortal sin and as haughty as the devil which yeah. was i was like this is pulp this is what pulp is pulp pulp pulp, 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 pulp as haughty pulp. as the devil oh he was wearing black like a second skin Pants and vest without a shirt. Yeet. I do sort of have trouble picturing Julian at times because he's so pale and thin <laughs> that I'm like, I, sometimes he sounds kind of not appealing. Okay, guess what? No, he is 
thin but strongly built. He has muscles. It's not that. It's that I can't also add pale skin on top of that. Yeah. I can picture, like, normal flesh or a tan dude. But to be just, like, very, very white and Mm -hmm. like that doesn't appeal to me. I just, like, translate it to, like, he's British. Yeah, I think I need to stop thinking of it as, like, crazy pale. I, I think you need to stop thinking of it as, like, the movie powder. I I, yeah. and, <laughs> more, and more as, like, he's maybe as, um, he's Tom Hiddleston. He's Spike. Spike. There you go. Um, but also, I was a little bit confused by this outfit, too, because, okay, black pants and a vest without a shirt. Mm-hmm. So just... Just a vest. Just a vest and pants. And his muscles and chest are showing. Yeah. Vest and pants. It's exactly what it sounds like, Kelly. The pants are up high. Just like normal pants. They're <laughs> <laughs> just on him like pants tend to be. No, they're on him like a second skin. They're tight, tight, tight. Yeah, they're tight pants. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the cut of the pants is like a pants would be. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, he. She. Oh, this is where she kind of yeah. starts testing him a little. I like oh, this, this part. I. I. Yeah, it's about to be. But so Julian like traces the rune of the torch, and um, like it. Then he can pluck a second torch from the air, and Jenny gets real saucy because <laughs> says, "Oh yeah, Jenny, stony faced, clapped her hands two or three times." She gives him a sarcastic slow clap. Julian's glance was blue as a gas flame. You don't want to get me angry. Not this early on, he said with dangerous quietness. I thought I was supposed to be impressed. You really don't want to get me angry. Oh, he was gorgeous, all right. Inhuman, incomprehensible, and so alive he looked as if he could be dripping fire or electricity from his fingertips. He brought a shine with him like diamonds and coal, but Jenny had a core of steel. She's like purposely pissing him off here. Yeah, she keeps pissing him. him off. Because she... I love that. Yeah. Congrats, you made a torch. And I, I, I love that as like a... a it kind of snaps us back to reality too because like when he did that, I was like, oh, damn, that's cool. But then also it's like he's always been able to do this shit. Yeah. So he's constantly doing this shit. This is he his world. out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh, I like when, when he says, you haven't been thinking of Tom. And her response isn't, like, shame. She just goes, I came here for him. I don't need to think about him every minute to love him. I want him back. I think that's an important, like, I, I think it shows. Maturity. Yeah. Versus Julian, who is emotionally stunted because he's, like, the only one of his age and kind. <laughs> and so kind he, and has no. He's, like, never had a relationship Has no moral ever, compass. <laughs> no moral compass. Like, he's just, like, because his entire existence has been obsessing over Jenny. When, like, yep. a huge part of, like, emotional maturity is to understand, like, is to understand how to have your own self, basically. Okay. So th- did you find the kiss? Th- this is, this is. It's 589 if you have. This is how. So let's try and figure out this kiss. The fury and the steel at Jenny's core gave her the courage to do something that astonished even her. She wanted to slap Julian. Instead, she kissed him. It wasn't like the tender, cozy sort of kiss she gave Tom. And not like the terrified, half-wild kisses Julian had extorted from her in the old days, either. She jumped up and snatched his face between her palms before he could do anything with the torch. She kissed him hard, aggressively, and without the slightest vestige of maidenly shyness. She felt his shock, 
His free hand came up around her, but he couldn't pull her any closer than she was already pressing herself. She ignored the danger of the torch completely. If it was close to her hair, that was Julian's problem. <laughs> Let the great master of the elements figure it out. So there, I was like, okay, so it's this is a really brazen, aggressive. aggressive kiss. But it just, I don't. So Jenny kept this kiss it. strictly business, a cheap and nasty sort of business she'd never had to do before because before Julian, she'd only ever kissed Tom. She kissed him angrily with a clinical coldness and all the expertise she could muster. At the end, she realized she'd managed to startle him twice in just a matter of minutes. When she pulled away, which she did easily, she could see the shock in his eyes. Which, there I was like, huh? I just don't get it. I don't get the kiss. So is, is it just like, like a... he was trying to soften the kiss. And she didn't let him. That makes me sad. <laughs> me too. Jenny felt him trying to take control of the situation, trying to soften the kiss. She knew the danger of softness. Julian could spin a web of shadows around you with touches like the brush of moths. Okay, anyway, we get it, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's, so then she, she steps back and with utter coldness says, now what about my clue? And then here he says, so he's like pissed at her. And he says, well, no, I'm not sure I got my money's worth. I've known icicles that were better kissers than that. And then she says, and I've known dead fish that were better kisses than you. Girl, you lying. <laughs> Untruthfully and with an insane disregard for danger. <laughs> uh, okay. So <laughs> did like so she's thinking to herself, like, I'm being an insane person right now. He was evil, she knew, cruel, capricious, and dangerous as a cobra. And she'd been stupid to goad him that way because right now he was planning something bad or her name wasn't Jenny Lint for Brainstorting. <laughs> or her name wasn't Jenny, Jenny Lint, Lint for Brainstorting. Brainstorting. Um, I, okay, so maybe, okay, 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 okay. I know I'm fixating on this kiss, but I think it was like, let's say there are two competing uh, uh, figure skaters. Sure. And one... Setting the scene. Okay. One mm -hmm. is all passion. Uh, 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 what's her name? That bonked, her, uh, that bonked Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan's knee. Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding. Okay. <laughs> Tanya Harding. When all, you were making the motions, I knew what you were trying to say, but I, like, I couldn't even think because I was so amused by the fact that you were talking about... I was basically making, Nancy like, a tomahawk type Tanya Harding. Yeah. Okay, so let's say, but I don't want to have Nancy Kerrigan be on the other side of this because I don't think that the that the opposite applies to Nancy. But I will say Tanya Harding, who is like all like <laughs> guts and like um, uh, just pure rather than like pure technical form, like more like just give it, give it into all passion. she got, passion, 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 messy passion. Mm -hmm. Um, versus like a perfectly executed like performance, yeah, without any emotion. So maybe that's what that is. Because she was saying that she was doing all the finesse that she, all the expertise she could muster. Yeah, I guess it's so like. So maybe it's just like. The steps without the feeling. Yeah, maybe. But it's also super aggressive because he's trying to soften it. Mm -hmm. So she's not responding to him at all. And also, I mean, maybe he can kind of tell that her heart's not in the kiss just because he knows everything she's thinking. Kind of. Yeah, it just sounds like a mean. Mean kiss. A mean rapey kiss. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, I get really, I get overly empathetic to the villains. Mm hmm 
because I it's like I'm only seeing their motivations and intentions, which is why I love Spike. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he doesn't have a soul, but like, he only said that because of this. Yeah. <laughs> You're making him sad. <laughs> I know. Like, my heart does go out. Like, I'll always be like, oh, but that was like so mean. Yeah. But, but like, he's tried to kill her friends. He, like, yeah. He's evil. Meanwhile, I'm like, what's with this hard kiss, Jenny? That's mean. I know. But I think that's something that Jenny wrestles with as well. Because she, like, even later, she's like, she claims that it's because he changes moods, like he changes clothes. But also, it's like, she will forget that he is, like, pretty evil. And then, like, he will say something very cruel or do something cruel. And she'll be like, oh, yeah, (laughs) that's right. He's evil. (laughs) Totally forgot. Like, uh, my bad. (laughs) This is on me. (laughs) Um, But so then he's like, you know, basically fucking throws like a smoke bomb and like backflips out of the room. (laughs) And she's like, oh, my God. But then she's like, okay, I got to get out. in the dark. Yeah. And, uh, um, And the shadow men are watching her. Yes, and they're whispering. And she knows that, like, now she's in some shit. Mm-hmm. And then there's a staircase. And, there's and then water. water starts rushing in. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, I've done it. I made Julian mad enough to kill me. And she's like, would he really want to do this? Like, well, at first she's like, well, he doesn't want to kill me. He'd find a way out. Yeah. Like, I have to just have to figure this out. And then she's like, oh, I'm in the shadow world. Yeah, like I don't uh, think he knows. Julian might not know I'm about to die. (laughs) Yeah, and therefore won't save me. Also, when she does the like, Isa, some quick thinking. Yeah, yeah, Isa. Isa. How does she not? So is where is she when she does this? She's in the water. Mm Hmm. She freezes the water. Mm Hmm. While she's in it. Yep. So she's frozen in the water? Well, she freezes the water on the staircase. Oh, the source of the water. Yes, and she's like standing in very cold water. And then so she starts to hypothermiate. She starts to hypothermiate, Mm -hmm. yes. (laughs) That word. And then we go to the place. She starts to hypothermize. (laughs) Hypotherminol. Hypothermate. Um, And then we go to the place where I feel like I could have spent the rest of the book in this place. This was the best. This was the best. This was the good scene. This was the masquerade ball scene. Yes. Yes. Julian wakes her up. She was right. He didn't know that she was in danger. I love it. Me too. So, like, he rescues her, brings her back to life. Like, she was on the verge of death. Yeah. Well, and I like when she's dying. This was so, like, heartbreaking when she dies. When she's, like, so she's dying and she thinks... Gibo, Gibo, Gabo, 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 and uh, which is the rune of sacrifice. You're gonna love me. (laughs) (laughs) And her thought as she's dying is, oh, Tom, dying was painless, but sad. It hurt to think of the people she was leaving behind. And it's like almost like like annoying, lovely, bonesy, but it's not because it's like it actually does (laughs) is like sad. Like here I'm like, oh, annoying, lovely, bonesy. (laughs) Why was that annoying? I mean, I read the book. I just don't remember it very well. Oh, it's just uh, an emotionally manipulative book. Gotcha. Like, how like, sad can this book be? Gotcha. Okay, I get what you mean. I wonder yeah, if, like, no, I'm starting sweet. a flame war with people. I, I feel like people are going to be like, uh, that was the best book ever. Uh, I'm going to make you read it now. <laughs> I already read it. <laughs> Me too. I just don't remember it. Um. Oh, yeah, I like that she's like, oh, 
I don't want my parents to have to go through what I saw Summer's parents go through. Yeah. But she is laying in some white fur. Mm -hmm. So she sees it's not Tom who saved her. She has like a brief thought that maybe it was Tom. It was Julian, not Tom. But she couldn't really take that in. It didn't even look like Julian because Jenny had never seen Julian look afraid. But now the blue eyes were dark with fear and wide as a child's, the pupils huge and dilated with emotion. Julian's face, which had always seemed molded for arrogance and mockery, was white even in the firelight and thinner somehow, as if the skin were drawn tight over bones. As for the dangerously beautiful smile that usually curved Julian's lips, there wasn't a trace of it. Strangest of all, Julian seemed to be shaking. The hands that held Jenny's had stopped their rubbing, but a fine, continuous tremor ran through them, and Jenny could see how quickly he was breathing by the way his chest rose and fell. I thought you were dead, he said in a muted voice. Man. Julian was being gentle. And he's like worried that she thought I'd lost you. Oh my God. Ugh. She says part of it felt like part of a past life because it didn't seem like him. Julian didn't seem like a shadow man, didn't seem like a hunter. After all, if he were a predator, he had his quarry right here, exhausted and helpless. He'd never have a better chance. If he wanted her, she wouldn't even be able to put up a fight. Instead, he was looking at her with those queer, dazed eyes, still black with emotion. You would have cared if I died, she said slowly. The eyes searched hers a moment, then looked away. You really don't know, do you? He said in an odd voice. I've told you how I feel about you. He, oh, and she's like, why? Why is it me? Explain to me why you're in love with me. And he says, would you like a list? Yeah. And then he does list. And then he does list it. And he lists it, like, also, there's, it's such, okay, okay. I'm going to talk right now about do it. My Get it, girl. feelings Get on that about box. like when people say or make grandiose gestures of love. And I think we've talked about this maybe on this podcast. But um, usually, and this is perhaps because I don't trust people very much. I took a personality test today. And it's like the one that's like the circle and it shows you your points about like where you are. I don't know. Oh, so my distrust is like way all the way out on the oh, end. Really? Um, I completely disrespect authority. True. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, um, sorry, I had to resituate. <laughs> Usually, when someone does like a huge, grandiose gesture or state make, says something really romantic to me, um, my first thought is like, okay, well, what? Like you're trying to not feel guilty about something. You're like. You know, I, in the past, have shut down. Yeah. I, I put a wall up. Well, so I have found that it's only if it's something that, like, where you could replace me with anybody else and that that person's statements would still mean the same is when oh. I am especially, like, okay, you're full of shit. Interesting. Like, you're saying this so that you can hear yourself say it, so that you can fall in love with an idea of yourself. Now, that sounds harsh, but. No. I like, mean, it, it depends. Is, like, okay. If someone. You're not a harsh person, so I trust that. <laughs> I trust that the situation calls for it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like um, I've definitely had exes tell me that, like, I'm heartless and cruel. Jesus, what? Yeah. I mean, this person was not. (laughs) He was not in a place to be calling me that, but that's fine. Um, That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Of course he wasn't, and that's why he called you that. Yeah. Um, But it was like, I I, I remember one time I was dating this guy, and he... (laughs) This was back when we Facebooks had walls, which remember we just discovered. It's now timelines. And he wrote on my Facebook wall, like in all caps, like, you are 
as be- and first of all, he was a terrible writer, so this didn't help. He's like, you are as beautiful as the moonlight and as this, as the that, and as this, as the that. And like comparing like every like quote positive aspect of me to like some random item in nature. And um, I remember thinking, well, first I deleted it immediately and was well, like, I'm a sorry. bad writer. Yeah. I was like, you're being a bad writer. Second, <laughs> um, don't be a bad writer on my wall. It's like to me, it's like the verbal equivalent of like taking me on a date and being like, I got all these fireworks for you, which is like a huge gesture that like you could trade me out for anybody and it would still mean as much to anybody as... I understand you on the first one. I You've lost me at the fireworks one. That seems like it would be cool for it. And I don't think the the fact that you could trade somebody out to watch a fireworks show Mm -hmm. is quite the same. Oh, okay. I'm thinking specifically of dates on The Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not a fair... (laughs) measurement (laughs) of course that's terrible (laughs) yeah when they're like when they're like you did this for me and it's like the producers did it (laughs) like i can't believe you did this oh my god you did this what a magical experience for me that you made for me every time they're like i've got a surprise for you and then they go up to the roof and i'm like what the fuck do you think it's gonna be and they're like what could it be what could it be what it's a helicopter and or fireworks (laughs) yeah if it's daytime it's a helicopter if it's nighttime it's fireworks duh That I see. So what what you're really saying is that don't treat you like a contestant on The Bachelor. But the thing is, some people think like to some people that is fulfilling to them and great. Like I know tons of people who are like, oh, I would love if someone like just did uh, tasks A, B and C, which like occur on a Bachelor date during a date. And like for them, that's um, that's like a really like that that speaks to them personally. Whereas like for me, I I always feel like I need something like really personal. Well, I do. Again, I like I follow you on the Facebook wall post because it's like, well, don't just like tell me my face is like starlight or whatever. <laughs> because that's not anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's nothing. like an activity. Like there's enjoyment that can be gotten out of that. But yeah, it, and so like in this book when he's, it's not just like, well, you're ever so beautiful. Your hair is gold and da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And your mouth is this and that and your eyes are this. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, like you're saying, he doesn't stop there. He goes further and injects her personality into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. Like what his you're is saying. like you can't take any other person and put that there and, and put that person there and have it still make sense. Yeah, because he says, Did you want to read? Yeah. When he's dancing. <laughs> well, so he's like, would you like a list? And she goes, uh, what? Hair like liquid amber, eyes green as the Nile. But it's not the color, really. It's the expression. The way they go so deep and soft when you're thinking. Skin that glows, especially when you're excited. A golden sheen all over you. But there are lots of beautiful girls, of course. You're different. There's something inside you that makes you different. A certain kind of spirit. You're innocent. Sweet, even after everything that's been thrown at you. Gentle, but with a spirit like flame. And she's like, eh, Audrey says I'm too simple. Simple as light and air. Things people take for granted, but that they die without. People really should think more about that. Ooh, she feels weak and dizzy hearing him say that. When I first saw you, you were like a flood of sunshine. All the others wanted to kill you. They thought I was crazy. They laughed. This part's a little gross because she was five. It is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, their age mm. difference is huge no matter what. 
but but he is saying he's not saying like her energy is like a flood of sunshine. Sure. Yeah, and he's saying like I needed you. It's not necessarily. This was kind of gross, I don't know. though. It's very so this hard. Part, to... This part is kind of gross when he's like, "It's very hard to separate the two. The others just watched, but I wanted you. <laughs> I don't know. It's but, well, but like he wanted to. I don't know. He wanted not to kill or to use up the way the way they do with humans sometimes. Here, I needed you. <laughs> I, needed, I needed your five year old self. It was. I don't know. <laughs> There's no, I mean, like, this would all be fine if if he didn't, like, want to bone her now. Yeah. I mean, because if, then it's, yeah, I don't know. But, um, like, it was as if Julian was hungry for something he'd never had, filled with a crippling need he didn't even understand. I couldn't see anything else. I couldn't hear anything else. All I could think about was you. I wouldn't let anyone else hurt you, ever. I knew I had to have you no matter what happened. They said I was crazy with love. But, yeah, she was five. I don't, yeah, I, there's no, there's no, there's no making this I think quite okay. If I were Jenny, that would snap me out of my, like, like, uh, thrall. And I would be like, wait, pause. Sorry. I was five. Yeah. Huh? Like, can you, so when did your love for me turn sexual? Yeah. Like, can, I, I get <laughs> I mean, it that you like were attracted to an energy. the moment. <laughs> yeah. Would you say before or after like, puberty? Like, <laughs> Like 14, 15. Was it this year? This was year? It, and that's why when the I'm whole game now. thing started? Is it because you weren't physically attracted to me now, right? Was that it? It was the moment I walked Please into the more game it, store. Right? <laughs> tell me you weren't watching me undress when I was seven. Oh, man. That could be a huge bummer. It's I hope hard. What would work is if, like, they somehow made it clear that he's almost like the same age as her. Yeah, and sure. And that he was just a little boy. Fine. Sure. Shadow. He was a Great. shadow boy. A little itty a bitty little shadow boy. boy. <laughs> I think he's I think he's he's, he's young, old. He's, but he's, he's not still really old. Jenny young. Because she has said like that he is unknowably old. Yeah, it's just not. There's no <laughs> there's no explaining it. We just have to accept it. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of not to keep bringing up Buffy, but it kind of reminds me of like when Angel first sees Buffy and he like falls in love with her and she's like 15 and sucking yeah. on a lollipop. And yeah. Like, Ew. Ew. Angel. <laughs> Angel. It's like, tell me what I have to do to help her. It's like, oh, this one must have been real pretty. <laughs> Thanks, Whistler. Uh, but yeah, I could have spent so much time in. I like, want a book of just Julian. Yeah. Not even with Jenny. Yeah. Not even necessarily him being in love with anyone. Mm. I just want a book about what things are like for him mm -hmm. and him coming to terms with what he is. Yeah. Because he is different because he has a counterpart in Jenny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really loved the moment when... So first she's like... She's seen this new side of Julian and she's like, oh my God, he is like gentle and like cares about me, like legit cares about me. He was scared for me. I've never seen him vulnerable. And now she starts imagining what could have been had mm -hmm. he just courted her. And she starts imagining like, well, maybe it wouldn't have been that crazy, you know? Like I could have had like this beautiful dress. Like mm. it's the part where she's like... I mean, Dee and Audrey would think it was weird at first, but once I brought them here and I gave them cool drinks. Yeah. 
She's like, that spicy warm drink was really good. Maybe if I gave it to them. Like, yeah, she would say, she says, what? Oh, but she does, she is striking the pose that we had said Julian would be striking when Tom and Jenny were in the car hearing the terrible song that he was like elsewhere having yes. no idea what was going on, yeah. sitting in a throne petting his wolf. Yeah. So it says that for her, it says like, jewels like frost flowers around her neck and a blue-eyed white tiger crouching at her feet. What would Dee and Audrey think if they saw her like that? They might be afraid at first, but she'd serve them strange drinks, like the sweet hot stuff in the mug. After a while, they'd get used to it. Audrey would envy the pretty things, and Dee would envy the power. Like, what else? Could they? I mean, as long as Dee and Audrey can still sleep over sometimes. And then she finally snaps. She's like, what else would I want? And then she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, my boyfriend. My boyfriend Tom. But it, I do like that that happens because it is the first time where she's like, well, let's say I were queen of the Shadowland. Mm-hmm. What would that look like? And then also her... For the first time going, oh, well, yeah, what's it like being a shadow man? Yeah. <laughs> like, I never really thought about if you liked it or didn't like it. Yeah. And she also, like, doesn't really think about, like, Julian's existence outside of her interactions with him. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see her start to, like, think about that and, like, see him kind of as more of a person, yeah, too. She, that's exactly what I was about to say. She starts to see him as a person instead of, like— um Almost a concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing that I really loved is... It's like a real human boy. Human. human. <laughs> um, the thing that I loved was um, when she... So she's like imagining all of these beautiful things and like this beautiful life that she could have. And then when she remembers that she can't have it without Tom... It says, the vision of the white gown and the jewels disappeared, and she knew somehow that it would never come back, not the way it had for that one moment, when she could feel it and believe in it. She would never forget it, but she would never be able to recapture it either. And I think that's like, not to kind of twist this, but to me it feels very similar to, like, let's say you have a crush on someone, and Mm -hmm. they don't like you back or something. And so you're like imagining, like, in a moment, you're able to imagine, like, but what if they liked me back? Mm Mm-hmm. And you imagine this whole thing, and then you remember, but they don't. And then you're like, uh, yeah, I can. Or like if you're the opposite, like if you're in a relationship mm-hmm. and you meet somebody and you could like get a flash of, oh, what would a life with them be like? Mm-hmm. And then you go like, well, I'm not leaving the relationship that I'm in. Yeah, right. Exactly. You're like, well, I'm not going like, like, to, but I'm, I'm not, not in like, that throwing life. my yeah. life away. Yeah. It is very interesting. So, so yeah, just like having a very quick fantasy about like yeah somebody that you meet, and like the first time you have that fantasy is probably the is the only time you'll experience it like that. Yeah, almost where it's like yeah because it's in that like it's untouched split second mm-hmm. almost before like exists in its own space. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that she caught that, like caught that in that moment. And I like that she's like all kind of pissy after that. She's like I'm warm now and like pushes the blanket to the ground. Oh, and I love, I love the part when she's leaving, and because she feels sad, mm-hmm. and it says his eyes were still hugely dilated. The blue mirror circles. And that's probably not mirror. Mirror. I don't know. <laughs> it seems like it's part of the color, not the. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the blue circles around pupils dark and bottom. bottom <laughs> you guys, I'm tired. <laughs> Bottomless as midnight. His pupils always sprang open for her, she realized. But just now there was something haunting about those lonely depths. 
I'm sorry, she whispered, hardly knowing what she meant. I have to leave now. I'm sorry. I know. Mm. In that instant, he seemed to understand better than she did herself. He looked very young and very tired and heavy with some knowledge she didn't share. Face still solemn, he leaned in slightly. And then they have like a really slow kiss. But the way she puts it is that it's all feelings, not sensation. Mm -hmm. Yes. It was such an innocent kiss, so chaste. His warm mouth touching hers, his lips trembling against hers. How could something that simple move her so much? Because she could sense his feelings, she realized. She could feel his pain, the almost unendurable pain of someone whose heart was breaking with sadness. What she tasted on those warm, soft lips was unbearable loss. If he'd been dying or she had, she would have been able to understand such a kiss. What she felt was a shattering inside. Is this the one where she like has tears behind her lids but keeps her eyes closed at the end? I think so, yeah. Ugh. It says, when he stepped back, Jenny was in something like a trance. She stood there, eyes shut, still feeling everything, unable to move. Tears welled up around yeah. her lashes. But Tom. Ugh. God. Oh, and because Julian had hurt Tom right at the beginning, he'd blown all of his chances. He blew all. Julian yep. blew all of his chances. Yep. And then, yeah, as soon as she's like, but Tom, then all the sweetness is over. But I love that moment where she's like, I'm sorry, I have to go. I know. Yeah. Because in that moment, you know that he knows she's going to win and she's going to leave and he's going to let her. Mm-hmm. And all he has he's are the, like, moments. Yeah. That moment. Mm-hmm. Very sad. He is so Spike. Yep. Where he's like, I'll it's, just take these moments. Yeah. Or, like, the very end when, like, Spike, I love you. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> yeah, like, or, I know you don't, but thanks yeah, for saying that. Thank you. Now go. Yeah. I must be a hero. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, so then she gets out and her friends are like, what the fuck? Where were you? And she's like, I I don't know. I can't even she's right like, now. I can't talk about it. Whatever. She doesn't even like tell them half of what's going on. I couldn't. Yeah. She's like, uh, there's eyes were everywhere and yeah. Julian was there and then he wasn't there. Look, the, the only thing I can tell you then... is we got to look for some doubloons. Okay. <laughs> got to look for them so that we can save Tom one. and Zach, <laughs> who we have not even mentioned by name uh, yet. But he, remember, Zach is here as well. Which, of course, I remembered. I was looking, but whatever. Like, more Zach stuff. Um, So then they... um, (laughs) Ambrosius. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. I bought it on Blu-ray because we were reading these books. I was like, I have to have it again. Of course. It's been a while since I've owned it. Mm. Welcome back. Thank you. Of course. Oh, the next thing that happens mm-hmm. is Audrey sticking her arm in. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, no. Which we knew that thing was going to make an appearance. Yeah, here. It, was it was way too creepy. It was already creepy. And honestly, like, I was surprised her arm was not more damaged from what happened. Because I was I afraid. it was going to be gone. Yeah, me too. Because I thought that its teeth were sharp, but it, it appears the teeth were not very sharp. So D, like, is flashing with the flashlight. That thing is in a cage, can see that there's like something shiny in its tube, I guess, its mouth thing. And um, she starts like goading Audrey into doing it. And I don't understand why. And then I don't understand why Audrey does it. Because they're they're acting weirdly adversarial again, which even Jenny says like has hadn't been the case for a while. Yes, I don't get it. Why? I don't know. Why are we do? Why are we playing the this game? Why? What's with the charade, LJ? I I don't know. I think. I mean, again, I think this is supposed to be something that we're supposed to be picking up as like D's 
weakness. Yeah, D's increasing insecurity. Yeah, but I mean, I just wish it had translated better. Yep. Show, not tell. Mm-hmm. You were right. Um, and they make their way to the arcade. Yes, and it's the old Penny Arcade. And this, this is, is... I did not see this coming. Me neither. It was so it was sad. really sad. So Jenny goes to... Like, they're all playing the games like a bunch of idiots. I wouldn't play a fucking thing. Why were thing. they playing those goddamn games? Whatever. Um, Jenny's like, oh, it's that fortune-telling wizard in the little glass case, like in Big. She doesn't think that I thought that. <laughs> um... So she goes in, she puts a coin in, it says its eyes opened and shut, and its eyebrows lifted and fell. Its lower lip seemed to be jointed and moved below a surprisingly fine and lifelike beard, as if it were mumbling to itself. Its face was ruddy plastic, with carmine lips and deep shade <laughs> deep shadows. I thought it was going to be a different word, and then it went on to the next line. Deep shadows under the eyes. Jenny could see layers of caked up paint on the cheeks. Poor thing, she thought. Absurd as it was, she felt sorry for the mechanical figure. It showed much finer workmanship than the barn dancers, but it was undeniably in a state of disrepair. Its paintbrush eyelashes were matted, its black velveteen robe dusted with lint. A strange feeling was coming over Jenny, a squeezing in her chest. It was ridiculous to feel this way about an automaton, but it looked so pathetic, so trapped there in that box in front of a stapled-on backdrop of a shabby red velveteen. And something about the figure, something about its face, something about the plastic face, a face frozen frozen in an expression of ineffable sadness. She knew, she really did know then, but it was such an impossible, intolerable concept that she pushed it away, slam-dunked it back into her subconscious, too insane to even think about. She gets the card. Says, then she felt herself begin to faint. The cramped lines of type were faded but perfectly readable. Not a prediction or a personality chart. The entire card was covered with two words typed over and over. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. That was so scary. That part it was really scary. It was so scary. It was those tired, dark eyes. Oh, yes, they were familiar. But they didn't belong with a shabby velveteen robe and a long angel hair beard. They belonged with a slight stooped body and a cardigan sweater and thinning white hair and a smell of peppermint because that was what he always carried in his pockets. It's my grandfather, Jenny whispered. Oh, Dee, it's my grandfather. It's my grandfather. And Dee's like, mm, yeah, okay. But like you'd think by yeah. now they'd be like, oh my God, it is your grandfather. I believe everything. It is strange how people are like taking a little while to believe her. It's so sad. Yeah. And then like I also loved like how spooky it was like having him deliver the little fortunes. When he's like, look in the black cabinet, and they're like, oh my God, what's gonna be in this black cabinet? And then it's DB Sweeney and Bone Thug Harmony's heads. <laughs> oh my God. Ugh. So then, of course, they're like, oh shit, Summer, she's gonna be like that, especially because of Michael's dream. Oh yeah, I wanna read this part too. The glass brightened, there wasn't a skull inside, there were two heads with closed eyes. They were illuminated from below with a ghastly blue light, which clearly showed there was nothing below either neck. Nobody answered Jenny, but in the cabinet, the heads of Slug and PC bobbed. The blue light shone on their chapped, loose-hanging lips. They looked unconscious, as if unseen hands were wagging them by the hair, making them nod. You guys were so rough, Jenny thought, unable to look away from the cadaverous faces. Such bad boys, breaking into my house, stealing the game, barging into the shadow world uninvited. Now you're both here and you don't look so tough. And Summer, Jenny whispered, if Summer, if Summer, if we find Summer like that, 
Jenny's grandfather spits out a card and it says, look in the fun house. Ah, Jenny's in the fun. Summer. Summer's in the fun house. Dude, of all, okay, of all the scariest places, a fun house is fucking horrifying. I remember, um, because we were talking about how we used to be like little, like baby heads and scared of stuff when we were kids. Mm -hmm. I remember like I was terrified of like the dumbest haunted house attractions. Oh, me too. Like I refused to go in them. Or if I went, I would just close my eyes the whole time and cover my ears. I still won't go in a haunted house. What am I crazy? No, thank you. (laughs) Well, I mean, like I, I like I was horrified of like Disneyland Haunted Mansion. Me too. The first then, time I went on it, you know how I had a nervous breakdown on mm-hmm. Tower of Terrors? I had a small freak out at the Haunted Mansion in the elevator part. Once yes. we got in the cars, I was fine. But in the elevator part, um, I was really scared. And you know why I didn't have a nervous breakdown? Hmm. It's because that time my mom was there. Oh. But I was seven. <laughs> Yeah, I remember like being really scared and like I didn't like I liked being in the little um uh like carriage thingies because you were enclosed. Mm-hmm. But I really hated like walking and like not knowing what was around me. I hated being on the edge when you were like waiting That's in the what line. I was afraid of too. And I hated being next to the windows when you're like mm-hmm. coming in um to like wait to get into the carriage thingies. But I remember my dad also like thinking, I don't know, like he he would like kind of make fun of me for it, which was like, I remember like being, dads will do that. Yeah, I remember being like, oh, dad, whatever. Uh. Like, I just, like, I just don't want to go on the ride, okay? Like, I would like, I remember um, we went to Universal Studios when they first started having like the uh, like in, interactive mummy experience and you'd like walk through and like things would jump out at you. And I refused to go on the ride. And I was like, I don't care. I'll just sit by the cars. So I like went and like <laughs> sat by the um like uh movie cars mm-hmm. and like just like pouted there and like waited until and I was probably like old. I think I was like 14 or 15, and I was like, I'm not going in there. Like I said, I still won't. Yeah. Fucking Halloween horror nights at Universal Studios. I would never go to that. Why would I go to that? I went to in college. Yeah. No, high school. Right. In high school, <laughs> I went to um, the Queen Mary. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they have like nine mazes or seven, something like that. But you have to go through all of them, basically. Like once you start, you can't just leave. You have to go through. Do them. you want to explain what the Queen Mary is? To the them? Queen Mary is a um, is an old steamship that is no longer in use. Uh, it was originally, I think it was made in like the 30s or something. It was a very fancy a uh, luxury cruise liner type thing, um, but old, old, old. And uh, now it's just permanently moored in Long Beach. Um, and it's also said to be haunted and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And they have like events there. Yeah. And you can do like uh, like supernatural nighttime tours and like that kind of thing. Tours. But uh, around Halloween, they have like a huge event, which is like basically like Halloween Horror Nights or like any of those like maze situations where it's like, actors that scare you but never i went because i had a million years i I went because i had a crush on the guy Uh, okay that invited me to go Mm -hmm. 
And I, that's a powerful, yeah. And I powerful knew, motivator. And I knew that I could be like, ah, and like <laughs> cuddle up. Yeah, cuddle onto him. And I did. I did plenty of cuddling up onto him. So that was great for me. <laughs> um, but wait, how old? Uh, I want to say like 16. Mm. Yeah. Kelly did a little better for herself than I did. Or maybe 17. I mean, still applies. You know what? I think it was later. But that being said, yeah, I mean, we didn't really do anything other than me like jumping onto him and being like, I don't know. Ah. We never kissed at, at that <laughs> time. But I will say in college, <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, we like didn't talk for a little while and then we oh same dude same dude okay and then in college we like reconnected it was like you know college we were all drinking and stuff and he and I hooked up and he was the worst kisser I've ever kissed in my life what does a bad kisser mean like okay in what way I will tell you okay his tongue Uh uh-huh take a shoelace Uh grab the end and shake it as hard as you can oh god Oh my god! It was like, like, like so much, so fast movement, left, right, up, down, all around. Oh no! And I kept being like, "Oh, okay, let's," uh, and like trying to like. Oh, no. But and I, I kept thinking like, maybe he's just getting his like wiggles out. I don't know what. Like <laughs> his wiggles out. <laughs> you know that's not a thing. No, <laughs> it's not. But I was like, ah, oh, I like had a crush on him for so long, and I will right. tell you, nothing kills a crush. Faster than faster getting than the wiggles out? Getting those wiggles out. I mean, it was on, it was like, it was <laughs> inhumanly fast, the tongue movement. It was like, that's horrible. <laughs> I just moved my tongue for Lindsay. It was like, yeah, like, um, like a snake, like a snake doing like the, th- oh God. It was like that. <laughs> oh man, he really didn't know how to kiss. Right. Because that's I feel crazy. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, when most people say like, oh, so-and-so is a bad kisser, I'm like, yeah, 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 okay, okay, whatever. Like, people have different yeah, styles of really kissing. I've really known what that meant. Well, if you experienced that, you would I know. I guess I've mostly had good luck or I've blocked it out. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows I mean, what kind of wiggles I've blocked out. There's like, you know, wiggles. Some wiggles, some waggles. There's also... um <laughs> <laughs> when people um, I Kelly laugh. just do like an old Hollywood style of kissing. Or you just hold your lips on another person's <laughs> Where lips. they do nothing with their lips. That's what but... I thought this cold kiss Jenny gave was. <laughs> it's just like, like or you this... put your lips on th- on their lips and then you just like kind of turn your head yes. while you hold their, yes. your lips on their lips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> do, you like do the twist with your face. <laughs> That's at first what I thought it was, but she said she was being very when she said expert expertise expertly or whatever with as much expertise as possible. I was like, well, I guess that's not that then. <laughs> Weird. How yeah. old were you when you had your first kiss? Um, it's possible we talked about this before. I don't know. Uh, I was seventeen, maybe no. I was definitely like seventeen, and I remember it was. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, it was this guy, um, I won't say his name, um, who, I mean, I don't think he will care. Bradley. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to I remember to he either. had the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful blonde, uh, uh, like surfer boy blonde hair. Eyes. 
beautiful blonde eyes and blue hair. <laughs> um, but he had like that surfer boy kind of look, you know. Um, and I remember he was a bit of a cat. I remember he like <laughs> hooked up with a lot of girls and like I I don't know. I had a crush on him. And or I, I don't know if I had a crush on him because I didn't really like him, but I thought he was really hot. Yeah. And um, you were really attracted. To yes. Him. I was heavily attracted to him. Heavily. And I remember um, we both did pole vault. And I remember he, I was very bad. You made a face as if to be impressed. I, I was like, oh. No, no, no. I was, Kelly has all these skills. <laughs> I was very bad at pole vault. Um, Piano, pole vault, lawyering. <laughs> these are all things that I was like, fine This at. Kelly has everything. <laughs> Pianoing, pole vaulting, lawyering. I remember he was like, we had a, I don't even remember what it was. It was something stupid where it was like, uh, like, um, we got to bet something. What do you want to bet? And then, because we were like making bets on things. And then I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I can't start something. And he was like, <laughs> and he was like, okay. And then, of course, like, I don't know. Just like off the top of my head, if I had to pick something. Oh, and then he was like, oh, that's right. Because I was like, I don't know. Because like, I've never kissed a guy before. And he was like, oh, my God. Well, I am a master of the ladies. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was fake. What did you say his name was again? <laughs> Just because now I realize how perfect that name was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that name's too appropriate. And then it was so awkward and horrible because it was like, it was a fine kiss. But I remember thinking like, I don't know how to signify that I'm done with the kiss. And I don't know how to just like, should I just pull away? So it just went on for like (laughs) 15 minutes. That's not a kiss, Kelly. You made out with him. But it was awkward and weird. And you like, were still calling that a kiss? Well, you I said had never a kiss went on for 15 <laughs> minutes. So when, can you imagine? We were just like perfectly still and our lips were just like touching. Well, we never broke. So it was just the one kiss. Well, I had never kissed anybody before that. I didn't. Uh-huh. I had never even kissed like... Uh, you know when kids are like oh in second grade I had a boyfriend in second grade I did not have a boyfriend I was Mm -hmm. like the weird kid that like no one liked so it was like my dating life ended at elementary school (laughs) I had second fourth and sixth grade boyfriends and then didn't have a boyfriend until after my freshman year of college (laughs) I guess my sophomore year so how old were you when you had your first kiss 19 Mm. and it did go right into my first makeout yeah. Isn't that how it goes? If you're like older than depends. 15. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Because if you're like on how old you were. Eight, then it's like. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> or even like 14 where it's like, oh, and he kissed me goodnight after the movies when our dad picked us up. Do you remember when people had boyfriends in middle school and it was like they hugged goodbye and everyone was like, ooh, wow, they have a boyfriend. <laughs> I don't remember if like hugging was part of it but I was yeah my mind was blown whenever anybody had a boyfriend I didn't have my first this is really embarrassing hug from a boy that I was not related to until freshman year of high school trying to decide if that's weird or not I guess a little a little late for a just a hug and I (laughs) and I'm remembering the moment this was really embarrassing okay so it was just this guy that like he hugged people a lot he was like hey bring it in I remember I hugged him and I didn't know what to do. So I started like kind of s- spinning, like kind of turning while still hugging him. And he's like, I guess we're spinning. I remember. 
remember being so mortified. That's very confusing, Kelly. <laughs> why would you? Why I don't know. You I was like, I was like, there has to be movement. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I just, did, I was like, what do I do? How do there I let go? Has to do be I... movement in a hug. I don't think that anymore. But like, I've had my had share hugs of hugs before. <laughs> I ne- I had never hugged a boy that I wasn't related to. What do you do? them (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious yeah well that's way funnier to me than the kissing story (laughs) the the kissing story is just yeah that was i mean i just didn't know how to stop it and then i was like well i guess we're that's funny but no yeah we were literally spinning (laughs) turning a hug into a spin (laughs) (laughs) and it was a long because we were like doing that thing where you like step 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 like this oh, so then okay. i was like i guess <laughs> you just turned it into a dance <laughs> you forced a boy, a boy to dance, dance with me you. i made a boy dance was getting me. a hug and it's like i guess we're waltzing now <laughs> oh my god i feel so bad for that guy no uh, he got a dance i went to a funnier day party in 2009 mm-hmm. it's just like a yearly party they would give I think for their like anniversary or something and it was a lot smaller back then so it was like not quite so hard to get an invite there were way fewer people Mm. they just had it at the offices and I showed up but I didn't really I felt very awkward when I got there even though I knew a fair number of people and so I was just like bouncing around from conversation to conversation and not really finding anyone where the person wasn't like looking around for who else they wanted to talk to Mm. And I run into this guy, Dion, who um, I would just run into occasionally. And as soon as we both confessed to each other that um, we were having the most awkward time, mm-hmm. we were like, Do, let's, let's hug. Let's hug this out. And we hugged. And something about it was so comforting. It was Aww. like the most magical hug. And we st- it was like there was no awkwardness about it. Aww. We just hugged. And it was... Like, it went on for a little while, too. It's just, like, this really warm, comforting hug. And then we broke apart. We looked at each other and we're like, oh, my God, was that the greatest hug of all time? That's and we're awesome. like, yeah, that was the greatest hug of all time. Like, did you feel like we just, like, opened the universe and, like, transcended space and time to where, like, all human beings are one in that <laughs> hug? And we're like, yeah, I think that that's what happened. Like, are we hug soulmates? Yeah, I think that we're hug soulmates. It was like the greatest. It was just such a nice, nice experience, which I am now going to ruin um, by saying that he passed away recently. Oh, that's really sad. My hug soulmate passed away. Oh, a piece of you is gone. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. I always have that hug. Yeah. And it transcended space and time. Yeah. That's okay. But it was just like this. He was never even anything more than an acquaintance. He was just, he did a lot of improv around. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew him. Yeah. But that, Aww. it made me really sad. That lose is sad. my hug soulmate. That is sad. It was a good hug. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like having a nice, fun, laughing time, but that was my hug story. Everyone, listen, I'm here to take you with your hug stories, be they uh, heartwarming, uh, heartbreaking, or both. It was both. Break the cabinet to pieces. <laughs> That's just the first line I saw when I looked down at my book. Well, um, on that note, let's take a quick break. And we're back. So we left off at 
Grandpa's a doll. Grandpa's a doll. Oh, Grandpa's so a doll. Sad. Oh yeah, and he tells them to go to the fun house because that's where Summer is. Yeah. So and they find Summer. They get over there, and but also, isn't the fun house like a torture? Yeah, museum? it's a torture exhibit. I've been to a torture exhibit before. Me too. They're freaky. They are. They always leave like this really crampy, weird feeling in my stomach. It feels like they're always haunted. It feels like they can't mm-hmm. help but be haunted. Yeah. Like I, um, we would go on these trips to medieval times in mm-hmm. junior high because us I, too. Yeah. I lived in San Diego, so we would drive to the one in Buena Park. What? Mm-hmm. We would drive to the one in Buena Park, too. Yeah, because that's close. That's like the one. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one that's down here. Um, but one of the times they had like a torture exhibit next door. Ooh. And we were just like looking at all the things. And it like kind of worked out because like it was supposed to be part of like social studies <laughs> or whatever in world history. Um we're walking around, we're looking at the different torture exhibits, but the one that stuck with me and will stick with me for as long as I live is this one called The Pear. <gasps> I was thinking in my head The Pear over and over again because I oh learned what that oh is. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh like, my God. a month ago. It Because it can go in any me. place. It scarred me for life. So it's like a pear-shaped thing that you insert into a woman's vagina or you can't insert it into the anus or whatnot. Or the mouth. Or the mouth. And you, like, pull at it or, like, crank it or something. I think maybe you crank it. You crank it open. And it just opens inside the body Mm -hmm. and widens. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. So gross. (sighs) Yeah. And I forgot it. The one that they say in here where I was like, oh, yeah, that's horrifying. I mean, they're all horrifying, obviously. But some of them seem particularly, like, haunting it's the pair and it's the one where they they like put you in a like some kind of a like helmet yes with the metal tongue gagging you oh my god the things where it like traps you and like restricts your movement to a point where like a thing is inserted like into your mouth and down your throat somehow like yeah the iron maiden doesn't seem as horrifying to me so it's like well me neither i'll just get stabbed and bleed to death and die yeah or is this like I'm constantly gagging? Oh my god, nightmare! <laughs> you're opening a <laughs> like you're nightmare. constantly choking. You're yeah. always choking. Well, then to a point where I guess you just like learn to have it. I don't know. Remember the movie The Man in the Iron Mask? Yes, Great. <laughs> I do remember that movie. <laughs> um, owie. Yeah, I have an owie finger. <laughs> um, my nail beds are dry. Mine are too. Ugh. Nightmare. Nightmare. This is a night <laughs> full of nightmares. Um, this is as bad as having a pair. Um, <laughs> Am I uh, right, ladies? <laughs> um, yeah, so they know she's in there. They've been told. Yeah. So we're just going around looking at everything. I was very intrigued by the idea that she might have been Laughing Lizzie. Yes, me too. Let's see if I can find Laughing Lizzie in the fun house. That was real creepy. And the reason that they, like, so they know that Summer could be in the body of, like, an inanimate object yeah, because of the grandpa. tortured. So that's why she's, like, looking into the eyes of all of the little dolls and laughing Lizzie, too. Wild laughter assaulted Jenny's ears. It was the sound of somebody going insane. And at first it frightened her so much that she couldn't take in what she was seeing. Then she focused on the figure. It was a hugely fat woman, buck-toothed 
with freckles like birthmarks and scraggly hair. Her hands waved in front of her as she cackled and guffawed. I remember that, laughing. Oh, what was her name? Laughing Lizzie. She used to be in the arcade, and she always scared me. Jenny scanned the florid face, looking for something familiar in the empty eyes. Could Summer be in there? Summer had been tiny, dimpled, with thistle-down blonde hair and dark blue eyes. She'd been as light as a flower petal, stirred by the wind. Could they have destroyed her body and put her in this bloated plastic thing? I was like, oh God, maybe it is. Yeah. I thought it might be. Me too. It wasn't. She's none of the dolls. She is laying on a table and there's this huge wooden thing with like spikes in it hanging above. And Jenny's like, oh no, I'm drawn to the body. And Michael figures it out. Yeah. He's like, Jenny, blue. Yeah. Just like the dress she'd been wearing. And as they get closer, they realize it's a girl in that dress. And it appears to be Summer. And she, like, reaches forward, and then the fucking wood thing falls down because, of course. And Jenny grabs her and, and saves her because, D, of course. course. Of course, uses her kung fu to kick the thing. <laughs> and then, of course, she gets bonked by it back, so she mm, falls over, of course. Over, of course. It summer, of course. Of course it's summer. Of course summer's fine. Of course oh, summer's yeah. like, I fell asleep. Yeah. Summer's like, I'm so sleepy. And she's like, I'm so sleepy. sleepy. Bang, bang. Oh, and I, mm, do you, I'm so hungry. Do you think we have M&M's? <laughs> Hi, Summer. Do you have m and cookies? Summer. My name is Summer. And I'm sleeping. <laughs> sweet, sweet, I'm sweet. sleeping left behind. I was sleeping in a dewdrop. <laughs> Fucking Summer. And they're like, oh my God, Summer, are you okay? <laughs> summer, oh my God, hello, oh, little Summer. Baby summer. <laughs> you summer you're gonna be okay everybody take care of summer okay just put me in your shirt pocket i'll wear a bonnet made out of a bluebell <laughs> my dress is a piece of lint i found in your shirt pocket i almost got engaged to a rat <laughs> thumbelina i i slept on a little bit of trash <laughs> get you to safety <laughs> summer can you just come on i can't even like i don't even know what summer looks like she's described as too too delicately i don't even understand she her literally look figure to me in my head like a precious moments doll with a fucking bluebell hat <laughs> she looks to me like um a thin little fairy body and you like know she's what? She four is... feet tall so when i was a kid my mom used to get all these like um like storybook prints of like fairies like landing on you know fucking flowers and shit exactly and she they were like iron on and she would put them on sweaters for me <laughs> so i was really cool oh, i love it and then i would decorate it with glittery puffy it. paint this was in fifth grade so oh, i had a lot of them they were so pretty cool cute. um but i remember thinking like these fairies are so beautiful but i picture her yeah, to be just, like, like that thin waif like like her hair is just like it's like going like so cur- like <laughs> light and but curls at the end, and it's always backlit for some mm-hmm, reason. Somehow she's in this little dress, but <laughs> I'm picturing her um, standing on the seed part of a little dandelion thing and like holding the, <laughs> yes, the stalk exactly. of it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also picturing her as being Carrie from Flowers in the Attic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> little <laughs> malnourished apple headed baby. <laughs> apple headed baby. <laughs> How long was I out? Where's Corey? I'm so hungry. Corey. Can we? Corey ate all of the cupcakes. I don't eat much. I just, if somebody has a crumb of a piece of sweet cake, does somebody have an apple peel? I'll use it as a towel after a shower in this drop of sunshine. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, summer continues without any kind of a character or personality. No. And then I, and then the whole rest of the thing, it's like summer's whole thing is that she's weak and dumb. Yeah, basically that's so depressing. And that's how Julian like attacks her, and she just shrinks away. Well, and she like no, she beats him to the punch. She's like, she's like and take you, and she's like, I know I'm so stupid. I've always been stupid. And he's like, took this spoon right out of my mouth. <laughs> took the spoon? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a phrase I'd never heard of before. Uh, I think it's fake. Okay. I don't think it's real. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. Come on, what's on brand for me? Saying a phrase that ain't nobody ever said. Except me. <laughs> Making up a phrase. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find the thing that Summer says. All right, this is in the tunnel of love and despair. Yeah. I liked... I kind of liked that twist that it wasn't love and death. <laughs> okay, no, you were you were right. As um, instead, Julian whirled on her. No, not on her. He was looking behind her at Summer. And as for that brainless bit of fluff in front, Summer collapsed onto the floor of the boat. <laughs> I know. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> she whispered from underneath a rose petal. And then that's what Jenny's like. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And then she, she march, march, swish, 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 swish up to him in that like knee deep water. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh no, you don't. And she's like, you know what, Julian? I care about you. I care about you. Yeah. And then she's like, oh shit, everyone heard me. <laughs> and he's like, no, you don't. You do not. She's like, I do. And that I makes do. Him disappear. I like that moment though when they um encounter him. I love all his opening lines to the conversations when he just appears. Because mm-hmm. they they're in the the tunnel of love and despair, and and they're trapped in in the dark. And then it all comes down to this, doesn't it? Julian's voice said, "He's always so like, well, here we are. <laughs> well, well, um, well." Says you were right about the sign on this ride, or you were wrong about the sign on this ride. Julian said casually. He stood easily, seeming to enjoy their reactions as they stared at him. It's not the tunnel of love and death. The tunnel of love and despair. <laughs> Finally, D said, "So what? Just thought you'd like to know. <laughs> Don't you want to know what you have to do to get the doubloon?" And Jenny didn't, but she felt sure he was going to tell them anyway. You just have to listen. That's all. We'll have a little conversation, a chat. It was up to Jenny to answer, and she knew it. About what? She said tensely, leaning back to look at him around D. Oh, this and that. The weather. Nuclear disarmament. <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> and of course she's like me no michael says that us michael squeaked startled into speech sure look at you all of you what a pathetic punch i found this part like good but bad yeah so it's like the intention is good the execution was a little lame it was a little saccharine it was a it was little very like, like yeah mister yeah you stay away from her yeah 
when I was looking for home, I needn't have looked further than my own backyard. Yep. It's very end yes. of the Wizard of Oz. Yes. Oh, it's, um, I wanted adventure or something. I forget what Dorothy says, but it's like, and you, Tin Man, you always had a heart. It is exactly like that. Like everybody, it's nice. Everybody's coming to each other's defense. I think maybe Michael's I find the most moving. Totally. Totally. And I think um, an important thing to note is that all throughout this, uh, there's a mantra, mantra, mantra that Dee has been saying, which is, mantra. I am my only master. Oh, yeah. Um, To basically say, like, you're in charge of your, um, like, don't let other people control. Tell you what's what. Yeah. Yeah. And so she. Yeah, she says that to herself in the mine because she's yeah. claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then when he's yelling at her, when when Julian is yelling at Dee, Jenny whispers that into her ear. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also important to note that that happens because of something that happens later. I liked that. I love. I, I really liked it. Really loved that. Yeah. Uh, so basically he like drags everybody and then they all are like, mm, no. He reads everyone. Mm-hmm. I want to read Michael's stuff because Michael's, Michael's stuff made me sad. I liked Michael's a yeah. lot. So everybody's coming to Dee's defense because Julina said, like, you're an idiot. You don't even want to go to college because you're afraid. Which is like, I felt like it was kind of a weird thing for a prince of the underworld to be like, you don't even want to go to college. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> oh, well. Like, why does he care about that? Um, anyway. So besides college and books aren't everything, Michael said, amazing Jenny further. I thought they were. To you, Julian said. He was looking at Michael now and his voice was beautiful like ebony and, a, and silver. Michael seemed to get smaller. You're the one who reads about things because you're afraid to actually do them. You talk about your books or make jokes, the class clown. But people are laughing at you, not with you, you know. No, they're not, Michael said, which was another surprise for Jenny. She wouldn't have thought Michael would speak up for himself. You're a nothing, just a funny little fat boy that people laugh at. You're a joke. No, I'm not, Michael said doggedly. (laughs) And then we won't talk about the little rituals you had when you were a kid, he told Michael. Like how you had to tear the toilet paper up into tiny pieces, exactly even. Or if you saw the word death, you had to count to 18. We'll just cut to the chase. Ask your girlfriend if she's ever called you tubby behind your back. And I thought it was cool that Audrey was like, yeah, I did that. Mm -hmm. But then use that as a way to be like, so understand me when I tell you that I was an idiot and that I love you. Yeah, totally. And... I also like when so her whole thing, I loved her little monologue to him. She's like, I love you. You made me fall in love with you. I don't care how tall you are or what color your hair is. I care about you. You make me laugh. You're smart. You're gentle. And you're real. You're a real person, not some jock with a facade that's going to fall apart when I get to know him. I know you already, and I love you, you idiot. I don't care what you do with toilet paper. Yeah, that's so, so funny. Cute. Oh, and also, he got sucked up by a toilet into the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> into the world in the last book. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so she says, I don't care what you do with toilet paper. When I was seven, Michael said. <laughs> um, You're a good kisser, too. Hey, I'm a great kisser. Which she has actually admitted in the second book. Yeah, she did say that. Um... And then, of course, Julian starts talking about summer, and Jenny literally goes, Oh, no, you don't. If you have something to say, say it to me. (laughs) Because we're all protective of summer like she's a tiny little baby. She's so small. So small. And basically, 
Julian, the way that Julian comes at Jenny is that. I thought this was lame. Yeah, where he's like, the world sucks. Let me lay this on you, Jenny. Life is pretty hard. (laughs) And she's like, I know. know. Uh, But hold on. Do you know that wars have always existed? Yeah, I know. Okay, but think. Think about World War II, huh? Pretty heady stuff. Pretty no, yeah, not very nice of people. I know. And I mean, like, people kill each other. No, I, I got it. Drive-bys yeah, I happen got it. now. Oh, I mean, drive-bys. I yeah. Are you reading about this? And I know. Have you heard? Oh, yeah. Did you hear about this? Uh-huh. Drive-bys. I know. Gangs. And I, by, serial know, killers. I, I got it. So, like, mm-hmm. humans. Mm, tough to live in a world with them, huh? It's not so, mm, not so great after all. You okay, Julian? No, I'm failing at this. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going well. Then I she's... should have written this out as a script. I tried to improvise. Julian, you idiot. You know you're not good on your feet. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> you know that he's it writing all so of his lame. little entry lines. It's so lame. And she's like, and she's like, okay, yeah, I know the world's evil, but that doesn't mean I have to be evil too. And it doesn't mean you have to be evil. It just means like that life just keeps going. So I'm still laughing at his attempts to like break her down. Because he's trying to make her like give up, I guess. He thinks, I I think it's just because he doesn't understand humanity maybe because he's like, you're pure good, you're pure light and goodness. And I can only imagine that really coming to terms with how awful human beings are to each other will just tear you asunder. Yeah, I think he he also doesn't realize the strength of humanity basically. Like he doesn't he he because he's eternal and cannot be born or die really. He doesn't see that like like the small ways that people are resilient. Like yeah. like he doesn't realize she already knows all of this and that's, continues. That's what the which is so embarrassing for him. Yeah, I was like um do you think Jenny hasn't taken wait, she's history like, wait, classes? Wars? Hold the phone. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way. So stupid. It's all the same all down through history. Two million years ago, your hominid ancestors were eating each other. In 13th century Peru, they used to crack little boys' ribs wide open so the priests could take their hearts out still beating. These days, it's drive-by shootings. People never change. Jenny could feel her breath catch. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be so funny if she was like, uh, yeah, I, like, mm, what a lesson, Julian. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do you think I didn't see Schindler's List? I saw Schindler's I List. I know Schindler's Thank List. You. Thank you very much. But so basically he... And then that's where she makes him disappear by right. saying, I care about you. And guess what plops to the ground? The third gold doubloon. Did that sound like it's spinning? It did. Really? Yeah. Aww. I knew what you were doing. Adventures in Foley. <laughs> um, and she picks it up and she's like, well, great. Now let's cross that fucking bridge and get uh, Zach, Zach, who I honestly had forgotten about, <sighs> and Tom. And basically they go over a, a bridge. Yeah, they go over a bridge. They it's see all the cool nine worlds. Yeah, I like that part. Describing the nine worlds and telling them about that, which I was kind of having to speed read through because it was, you know, 640. And I had to be here. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I don't know how I keep fucking up my timeline. Yeah, and then they just get there, and it's like, oh, Tom, Zach, yay. Yeah, and then and they're like, we did it. And then Julian's like, eh Oh, wait, before they get to the bridge, Jenny sets everyone free in the arcade. That's right. That's some good shit. I loved that. So she basically, by setting them free, she just kills them once and for all. Yeah, she Keeps sets, them from their torment. She sets her grandfather and PC and Slug free with the sacrifice rune. And the last card that Jenny's grandfather spits out is thank you. Yeah, that's really sad. It's so sad. But as soon as they, as soon as she is trying to release Slug and PC, their bodies start mm-hmm. trying to attack them because it's like the shadow men have control over the bodies but not the heads. And the heads are like desperately like shaking their heads like we're not doing this and they're trying it's to really look. really creepy and they want to die too. Yeah. They're like mm-hmm, kill us. Yeah. And then so when this is the moment where when Jenny starts to do her rune, Michael just without even being asked steps up and does a rune next to her over the other head so that both of them are basically put to rest for final for the final finally. Wow, I had a lot of trouble saying that word. And then we're at the lighthouse. And then we're at the lighthouse. And it was pretty quick. And this is where I was like, oh, there's no way we're getting any good Zach no. stuff. Not even just a resolution, <laughs> but like zero Zach stuff. Yeah. Zero Zach. Zero Zach. <laughs> no Zach. Zero Zach. Um, so then Julian shows up and he just looks soups tired. Yeah. He's like, oh, geez, Louise. He's just really tired. And Jenny's like, we won, right? We won. And then he says, I ought to try to kill you. Um, Tom, oh, Tom is saying this to Julian. And Julian's like, whatever. Well, I loved, too, that, like, when she sees how, like, just basically unharmed Tom and Zach are, she's like, oh, the victims are, like, they look fine. And, like, the rescuers, we look like shit. Yeah. And, like, we've <laughs> been through shit. Yeah. Um, And then also I loved where like tom like tries to take the lead he's like all right this is my plan and he looks around and everyone's just looking at jenny and she's like oh i don't really have a plan i just think we should just try and get out of here (laughs) (laughs) which like why did tom think there needed to be a plan to walk out the door well because i mean julian has thwarted them that's true every other time but so he says to julian i ought to try to kill you i can't but i sure ought to try and i will if you pull anything this time Julian ignored him completely. (laughs) Wistfulness, Jenny thought. That was it. Julian wasn't exactly looking at Tom, but for a moment he'd glanced at Tom's hand on her shoulder and there was wistfulness in his eyes. The shadow man seeing the one thing he could never have, she thought, human love. Are you going to pull anything, Tom asked tightly. (laughs) It was a good question. Jenny was braced for some kind of a trick, too. Jenny had fully expected him to try, try it again this time, so why hadn't he? Why hadn't he appeared before they got Tom and Zach untied? Why wasn't he dressed as a pirate, fending them off with a cutlass, smiling and pointing out that they had to get to Tom and Zach to rescue them? Why wasn't he playing the game? Probably because something worse was up his sleeve, she told herself, like this or this or that. Or maybe he was just tired of playing. Yeah. We have won, haven't we? She said, suddenly uncertain. You've won. So I can leave? Yes. And take everyone with me? Yes. Even Tom? I can take Tom with me? Yes. But as we've known, there are other eyes watching them. And it's the other shadow men who are not nearly as handsome or nice 
as Julian. Mm-hmm. They are grossly deformed. They, um, they're really scary looking. It's the fetus. They're all the creatures that were watching yeah. them around the park. And Julian explains they start out in perfection and grow to resemble on the outside what their souls are on the inside. And um, they say, you know what? Uh, Jenny's soul is ours because she took the old man who was our fair prize. And we need a, we need a, li- a life for a life. Got to do it. And she's like, no. And then each person's like, take me, take me, mm-hmm. take me. And then she's like, I guess I better be a hero. And she's like, mm, just take me. And then. Uh, well, I really liked, I liked that the reason they got. So Julian's like, yeah, you can go. Everybody can go now quickly. Yeah. He's trying to rush them out. Get out of here before. And he keeps saying before I do something. And. And everybody's like, great, let's go. And Jenny's like, um, this doesn't feel right. Uh, yeah. Just real quick. Uh, hey, Julian, can we, Julian, let's talk about this because uh, I don't want to leave you here. Yeah. He's like, get out of here. And then the shadow men show up. Yeah. And I also liked how Audrey and Michael were offering themselves as one unit. Yeah, I liked that too. <laughs> and I liked too when um, like she describes like that the shadow man like takes her hand really gently when she's like no just take me and he's like takes it gently and starts to guide her away and then a force like jams them apart from each other and it's julian and then oh right we totally forgot to mention that the shadow men are not born or die they exist when the rune is carved on the stave Uh the staff i guess that's how you pronounce it yeah and then destroy they're destroyed or brought out of existence by remo- carving it out, like removing the rune from it. Um, and so they're like, oh, you stand up to us and then <laughs> you get an unstaved. Yeah, you get an unstaved. They carve him out and he's like, Ugh. but and they, they get his body out yeah. the door. They drag him out and he's. But, oh, and I, because everybody was helping to drag him yeah, out. Yeah, everybody point. helped. I liked that. Me too. I know it's cheesy, but I liked that. I liked it too. Even Summer is like, no, take me. She goes, oh, please don't take Jenny. Summer gasped. She was looking utterly terrified and as fragile as spun glass, and there was a wild blankness in her eyes. Her words came in an incoherent rush. rush. Please, please, you can't take her. I'm not brave or smart. I should have been dead in the paper house. I <laughs> like, good on Summer. Julian saves them all from the shadow men. Oh, it's 739. Okay. We have a right to a kill. Then take it, Julian shouted, but you won't get past me. The other shadow men were coming up in a rush of darkness and freezing wind. Jenny looked up into the maelstrom and tried to lift Julian to his feet. Then hands pulled at her, human hands helping her get Julian up. And then Jenny was running. They were all running, half carrying Julian with them. And the door was right in front of them. A freezing tendril grabbed her ankle, but Michael was pushing the door open and Summer and Zach were falling through it. And then Audrey was through and then she and Tom and Dee were with Julian. Yeah, so they're all helping to carry Julian out now that he's saved them all from the shadow men. Jenny took his cold hand in hers, so cold, as if he were a figure carved out of ice. His face was that pale, too, and his beauty was like a distant fire reflected in an icicle. And it was strange. But at that moment, Jenny seemed to see him in all the different ways he had looked before, all his many guises. The boy in the Moore Games shop playing acid house music too loud. The Earl King, in white leather tunic and breeches. The Cyber Hunter, in sleek body armor, with a blue triangle tattooed on his cheek. 
the masked dancer at the prom, in a black tuxedo and shirt. It was as if each were a facet of a crystal reflecting back at her, and only now could she see the entire crystal for what it was. Julian stepping out of the shadows, soft as a shadow himself. Ooh, Julian wearing Zach's clothing! <laughs> Threatening her with no, the bees. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Um, blah, blah, blah. You can't die. You can't die. Blah, blah, blah. 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 The law can't be changed. Blah, blah, blah. You His can't die. His chest was still, and she didn't think he'd hurt her, but she caught the faintest breath of sound, not with her ears, but with her mind. Your ring. The hands that had been on his chest slipped, and Jenny saw the gold ring there. Jenny picked it up. The inscription on the inside had changed. The words were no longer a spell to bind Jenny. Kelly, would you like to read the resolution? Before, it had said, All I refuse and thee I choose. Now, it said simply, I am my only master. Oh, Julian. Julian, stop. You little sweetheart. Oh, he's so good. You didn't kill anyone, and you're a sweetheart. And basically, he dissolves into mist and shadows in her arms. Nothing died if it wasn't forgotten. And she would never forget him. There would always be some part of him in her mind. Because of him, all her life, she'd be more sensitive to the beauty of the world, to its sensuality and immediacy. Julian had been a very immediate person. The most extraordinary person she would ever meet, Jenny thought. Whimsical. Quixotic. Wild. Impossible. He had been so many things. Seductive as silver and deadly as a cobra. And vulnerable like a hurt child underneath it all. Mm. Very last line of the book is, If someday Julian should be reborn, she wished him well. Yeah, because Michael's like, Oh yeah, what happens if uh, someone redraws that rune on that stave? <laughs> She has to dream him into a better place. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'll do it. And Tom doesn't seem to mind that she's wearing that ring. And he's, he's just like, you know what? She's got to do yep, what she's got to do. She's not asking her about it. Mm -mm. Yeah. The end of Julian. It's a really good really ending good. to yeah. be like, here's your ring still. But it says something completely different. And it says the thing that like, like the best thing it could. Yeah. I loved that. I loved yeah. that the ring said that. It like and the, really and redeemed him. Like, yeah. And the end is like, well, Jenny's not just the person who's going to follow Tom to wherever he goes to college. Mm -mm. She has to think about, like, what she wants and who she is. And totally. It's good. Yeah. Good stuff, you guys. Loved you guys this. right. Everyone was right. Everyone was right. Yeah. Yeah. So Michael says, look, what if someday somebody carved Julian's name back onto the rune stave? Tom stopped dead on the lush green grass for a moment. Then he started walking again as Jenny put an arm through his. Don't even talk about it, he said. It'll never happen. No, I guess not. Just as well. And Jenny, her arm entwined with Tom's, agreed. But deep inside, some tiny part of her wondered. She couldn't give in to the twinge of wistful sorrow she felt. She had a life to build. Things to consider. She couldn't just follow Tom to college now. She had to find out what she wanted to do with herself. What do I like, she thought. Swimming, computers, cats, helping people, kids, flowers. She didn't know how she was going to put all those together. She'd have to find a way. After all, she was Jenny Thornton, her only master. Very good. It's a very, very good, good book. Very good book. Good I loved book. these books. Um, this was awesome. I loved these books. I'm excited to read more LJ Smith now. Me too. Like I oh, I can't wait. And really apparently, wish that fourth book were out. Yeah, honestly. Oh my god. LJ. LJ. Now we're one of many people who are like, when are when's the book coming? I know. Well, hopefully it'll be soon. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to, like, have some <laughs> grand moral. I didn't have anything. Um, 
Yeah, I think we've said every... I mean, we are... This is a long episode. Oh, fuck, it is 11. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs> what an end. Sorry, this... This was a good book. And we'll leave you guys with this. Thanks for introducing us to the Forbidden Game. Not always well. Keep it Because <laughs> it hurts like hell. Thanks for listening to Teen Creeps. Our artwork is by James Mulholland. Our theme music is by Mike Carlson. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Teen Creeps Pod. You can direct all inquiries to teencreepspod at gmail.com. And please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're reading along with the podcast, you can now find our book schedule at teencreepspod.com. Thanks for listening and keep it creepy. Welcome to Teen Creeps. No, did I say this week on the podcast? You said it, but then you just, you, you did. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs>